with one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. MTV did a lot for music before they went off the rails and became a carousel of crappy reality shows. And their greatest contribution might have been MTV Unplugged. The series featured artists performing stripped-down acoustic versions of their songs in front of intimate audiences. MTV Unplugged was revolutionary at the time. It produced 13 platinum records and let us hear artists in ways we never heard before. Clapton, 10,000 Maniacs, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Mariah Carey, Alicia Keys, LL Cool J, and Nirvana are just some of the amazing performances that people still talk about today. On this episode of Prisoners of Rock and Roll, we're unplugging the mics and taking a close look at MTV Unplugged. We're going to play cuts from some of our favorite episodes, talk about some of the most memorable performances in the show, and discuss how MTV revived the show during the pandemic. Let's hit it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Prisoners of Rock and Roll, episode number 26. How many oats could haul an oats haul if haul an oats could haul oats? Wow. I have no idea, but it doesn't matter. I'm Bruce Kramer, and I'm here tonight with my two colleagues, friends, partners in crime, Mr. Doug McCusker and Mr. Ryan McCusker. What up? Are you rocking out there? We are also joined by a very, very special guest tonight, the Warden. The Warden! You. From the Prisoners of Rock and Roll, Rob Mr. Owens. Rob Owens. Welcome. Welcome to the table, sir. Rob. Thank you. You guys definitely have faces for podcasts, that's for sure. <laughs> See, that, was pretty, that was pretty impressive. You said that whole notes thing in one take. I've been, it's been in my notes <laughs> to read for like five episodes. So. <laughs> How many? Whole notes yeah. and notes and notes. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia, and our show is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Pantheon says that they are kind of like the MTV of musical podcasts, back when MTV was good. And tonight, we are talking about when MTV was good. This is our second episode on MTV. There's a lot to talk about MTV. Yeah, man. There was a lot. This was like, I think this was on our topic list first. And then we decided we we're going to do the general, the bigger episode. I think it was episode eighteen on MTV. Yeah. And now we're back to kind of zeroing in and talk about MTV Unplugged. But I'm, this was such—I'm sorry. This was such a big thing for us growing up. Like everything was stripped down. You had bands like that never played Unplugged. Like Nirvana never played Unplugged. Pearl Jam never really played a show Unplugged until this show, and it, it was an amazing phenomenon. I used to look forward to it on Sunday nights. Yeah, you know that would come on Sunday nights. Um, that would come on, and then right after that, 120 minutes would come on. This was my favorite show out of absolutely. everything from MTV. I, yeah, I love acoustic Me music. I just I think the acoustic guitar is about as close to like God as you can get in terms of music. And then hearing these versions of things, I mean, it really you get to see bands in different ways yeah. or hear them in different ways. You never yeah. you never got to experience. I mean, obviously. They, MTV didn't come up with the whole concept of going acoustic bands. Like everybody, like the Grateful Dead did it. They have a whole album called Reckonings. Which is one of my favorite Grateful Dead albums, yeah, too. Yeah, you know. Um, they just put it on MTV and made it really into something unique. 
And you know, it really got you get to see these artists who were all plugged in and the, and the uh, distortion and the big drums and this and that and to strip it down and see actually how talented these guys were like a lot of these guys would have to practice for months to do the show then you would have bands that didn't practice so you much. had to be talented to play that show yeah. because you had nothing to hide behind right no. you couldn't yeah. bury it behind the yeah. door that's a great point and playing the acoustic guitar is way different than playing yeah. the electric guitar yeah and i i love the um like covers are a big part of this or different sure. versions of stuff yeah and it just you know a couple of the artists that are that we're going to talk about tonight were like they're like the last people you would ever expect to get up and do an acoustic acoustic sure. show. And uh, it was cool. It was yeah, great. There's a few that I listened to, and it was like, holy shit, I never thought like Korn would make a, mm-hmm. an unplugged. Did, J- they do, did they do an unplugged? Yeah, they did. No it's unbelievable. Really? Jay-Z. Like Jay-Z. I've I listened to Jay-Z. driving over I, here. Yeah, I saw the, I, I remember the Jay-Z one. Yeah, Jay-Z had The Roots. The Roots is yeah. his band. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a big deal when he did that. Yeah. It's so many of these, man. I was like... I, this was like a time machine for me because I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was listening to a lot of them and a lot of the stuff that didn't come out as albums, you go find it on YouTube, you know, and it was like, man, yeah. I remember watching this. Yeah, like, I remember all that shit. I but mean, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine last night at the bar and he told me if you want to go out and watch some of these unplugs and you don't want to watch it on YouTube, uh, the Paramount channel has the licensing for uh, the Unplugged, the MTV's Unplugged. Mm, oh, so if cool. you had the Paramount channel or the app or whatever, there's quite a few shows on there. Like the Nirvana's on there, the Pearl Jam's on there. I'm going to look at that. I wish like classic MTV would play like a bunch of that. Yeah. Instead of playing like old 80 videos all the time. It seems like that's the only thing they do. Yeah. But if they would come out and play like the Nirvana one or the STP one or mm-hmm. even the Aerosmith one. Do you think there's you know? like a licensing thing involved Ma- in all that? Maybe, but MTV owns it because... Sure, yeah. they aired it as you their know? property. Yeah, but then you had the, the some artists actually released their album, like released the show as an album. Like yeah, like, sure. Like McCartney did it. Yeah, Nirvana, Nirvana did it. Did it. Allison Chains, which is an amazing Pearl Jam, album. Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam released they, it like they, recently. Yeah, that like just came the last out. Two years. It just came out. No, no, like in 2020, it came out. Okay. Yeah, it's That's awesome. Great. I always loved that recording of the Pearl Jam unplugged. Ultimately, it made me a fan right off the bat. Yeah. So they're on the list. So. I, the way we decided we we're going to talk about this is we decided we're going to talk about a couple of the one that were that were albums, and then we have a list of just kind of like everything else, and we're going to tackle through that. But maybe before we do that, I'm going to back up a little bit, and I put together a couple. I was like, where did the idea come from? And there's even like debate. There guys, is, there's a lot of speculation of where yeah, the idea so came from. Season one, it was they said it was a singer songwriter named Jules Shear said that he wanted to do an acoustic thing to promote an album he came out with. And I have no idea who this dude is. Yeah, who the hell is he? But he said that he he says he got the idea when he saw John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora do two acoustic songs during the MTV VMAs. That's what I always heard yeah. it was from. And I always dude, heard that they were influenced. And this dude, Jules Shear, Shear was the host. They had a host yeah. the first season, so he yeah. was the host. The oh, two, was, he, was he the host? Yeah. yeah. Huh, I don't remember. The two guys that produced it said... No, they got the idea from seeing Springsteen right, do I read the same thing. Yeah. an encore with just an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And he said, uh, I have a quote from the one guy, Bob Small. He said, please do not credit Bon Jovi for creating Unplugged. <laughs> yeah. John Bon Jovi thinks he was the inspiration for it. He wouldn't even do the fucking show for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, really. And then they said, like, yeah. so they, wherever the idea came up, they pitched it to HBO. And TBS. And a whole, yeah. And, and TBS, they both turned it they down. They turned it down and they took it to MTV. Wow. Well, MTV originally passed on it also. And then what, one of their friends, uh, but MTV passed on it, and then somebody that they were friendly with, the two producers, uh, she got she got 
a raise or a uh, another position, and she made it happen. It made it happen. Yeah, God, you think it would be a hit right off the bat? Like, yeah, yeah. that's a great right. idea. I guess, but, I guess people weren't looking at acoustic music like that. And you, you think know? about it. I mean, we talked about like how an exile on Main Street recording in a house is commonplace now, but at the time it was revolutionary. Like yeah. nobody was doing this. Nobody was like, these yeah. these take these bands and unplug all the yeah. gear and like like. How unique is sounding as the Nirvana unplug? Mm-hmm. It's it, it's unbelievable the or the the way that it's done. It's like and you can cut yeah. all this out. No, 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 no. You're, no, you're dead on. No, dude. Dead on. Everything that was done about it, I could see it pictured in my head because of MTV. I was thinking that exact. I was listening to it today, and I was having that exact. Like I'm experiencing Nirvana in a completely different way than like. Then he did listen to the other stuff. Do you well, think it's, it's – I'm sorry. No. Well, the thing with the Nirvana thing is that with that Unplugged, none of those songs were really big hits. Like they didn't do teams – I'm sorry. Smells like Team Spirit. But in all reality, all those, song, all those songs on, their, on Nevermind are fucking major hits. But look yeah. at the hits they made off the acoustic album, the Bowie song, the Meat Puppet song. But that's right. another thing I wanted to bring up. They did four covers. Yeah. They did six that. covers. Yeah, they did six, six covers. Yeah, it's Lead six. Billy. Lead Belly. Lead Belly. Yeah. There's a Screaming Trees cover yeah. on there, yeah. or Mark Lanigan. Um, they, and he played with them on the stage, didn't he? The Meat yeah. Puppets. The yeah, Meat Puppets. Yeah, that's right. So, so, yeah, man. So there's been over 100 episodes of this, and the it's show started amazing. in 89, and it was like a regular a regular show for 10 years and then from 2000 to 2009 it was on like kind of once in a while uh but less frequently and then after 2009 it's been like this one-off stuff and they brought it back last year they called it mtv unplugged at home okay during the pandemic and i i, I have a couple some notes on that at the end so talking about so there have been over 100 performances 30 of them were released as albums mm. so we had a pretty wide 13 of them went platinum i'll just i'll run them off real quick 10,000 Maniacs, Alice in Chains, Tony Bennett, Mariah Carey, Clapton, Lauren Hill, Alicia Keys, La Lay. I don't know. Who I have no, no idea. It's my favorite album. Ricky Martin, Nirvana. <laughs> Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin's album, Unplugged wow. on Platinum. They have a huge oh, Latin. They have a huge Latin. That's, yeah. okay. That makes scene. sense. Was it in English? Yeah. Page and Plant, Nirvana, awesome. Shakira. Shakira's, I believe, was in all Spanish. Mm-hmm. And Rod Stewart. And it's really funny, two of those albums, Tony Bennett and Eric Clapton, both won Salt and the Year and Album of the Year. That Eric Clapton is the best-selling live album of all time. It's wow. sold 26 yeah, million. It's sold more yeah. than, than Frampton Comes Alive yeah. and all Thank that other. Thank God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Anything that, anything that beats out Frampton, you know, yeah. we're about. I also made some notes on who was on the first season. So the first season, too, they didn't even have – a lot of the episodes weren't one artist. They had two yeah. artists. Yeah. yeah. So they split it. So here's – the first episode was – Sid Straw from Squeeze and Elliot Easton from The Cars. It wasn't even Rick Ukasek. Wait, what is it about Squeeze? I don't you know. That, well, I know why does everybody never, bow never, down to that? I don't even know who they are. They, they, they sing, Tempted to by the fruit of another. another. Oh, they suck. Yeah, they <laughs> suck. But everybody gets down with them. Who knows? So, I, I, I know nothing. I know nothing. I so don't here, know. Here's the other artists on season one. Stevie Ray Vaughan and Joe Satriani. I remember That's that. That's amazing. I forgot all about that. Stevie Ray totally... I gotta get made a, a name for himself. Yeah, Don Henley, Don Henley, Great White and Damn Yankees. I remember that. Elton John, Crosby, Stills and Nash, which is just that's just a concert for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Rat and Vixen, really? The Black Crows and Tesla. <laughs> I, remember I remember that. that. The Almond Brothers and Poison. I listened to the Poison Unplugged this week. Yeah, was it killer? It's awesome, yeah. dude. It was so. Like, I remember that. They're playing yeah. it, and they're like, Brett Michaels is even like. I don't know how this is going to work, man, but let's just do yeah. it. That's like I, the Flesh and Blood Era. Was, 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they did like talk dirty to me. Yeah, you know, yeah. Skinny Bop, yeah. and it was great. It was awesome. But I also I love Poison. So I heard with the beginning of the concept, they couldn't get it through these musicians. They would show up to the the rehearsal, like the bass player would have a bass, and right. they're like, "You can't use that. It's electric." Oh, so they would run out to like Times Square's guitar shops and buy like acoustic basses and no all shit. that shit. Yeah, like uh, I guess it's such a concept to, r- to wrap your mind around because now it's just like, oh, everybody kind of does it. Yeah, everybody kind of does it. But like when you show up with electric guitar, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to play it clean. Yeah, yeah. But you you're know? talking about right. like 89. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. what, what did you have? The Ovations. Like had, ovations yeah. was huge. Like, you had like, okay, you had like acoustic songs. Like, you had like, of course, One It Dead or Alive. You know what I mean? You had, Every Rose like, has a story. Yeah, you had Patience. Balance. Yeah. You know. The ballady kind of yeah. stuff, but not yeah. not that. But these, you know, they're, you're getting stripped down versions of like rock and roll songs. Right. Yeah. right. I think you had to be super talented being on Unplugged. Sure. Like the the musicianship is so important to yeah. the show. Like MTV makes millions and millions of dollars off of what looks cool, but you had to go in there and sound cool. Yeah. You know. You want to dive? So I put the the ones that we agreed we wanted to talk about that were albums. I put them yeah. in chronological cool. order just because I had nothing, sure. I couldn't yeah. think of else to do so. Cool. The first one that came out was in 1992, and that was Eric Clapton. I remember this coming out and how huge deal it was. He just got clean. He was sober. Um, but unfortunately, his son just died mm-hmm. from that tragic accident. That fell he out had. of like a six-story so window or something. That, yeah. Really high. And that's right. what he wrote Tears in Heaven about. Yeah. And I'm pretty yeah. sure that's the first time he ever performed the show. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I, I remember so they made a video out of that live recording. Yeah. You know, they would play it over and over and over again. But one of the best things that came out of that is the reamp of Layla. Absolutely. Yep. Do, you, yeah. do we have it? Do we have that? Yeah, man. Do you want to let's start playing some tunes? Hang yeah. on one second. Let me get uh, here is 30 seconds of Layla. I know that song so much. I get, there's yeah. a point where somebody in the yeah. audience goes like, "Woo!" And I like, I, you know I hear part. it. In my, I know it. Yeah. You but, know? but what's amazing? He redid the song. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like the the one is like Layla. Like yeah. it's real yeah, heavy. Yeah. It's not like a different arrangement. It's a completely, it's a different, completely song. different arrangement. And so it's a different song altogether. It's a whole different vibe. And honestly, I prefer this version more. I th- like he did this album, and then he did from the cradle. Right. Exactly. You know? yep. And it was like right. Boom, boom, like two great it, re, it completely reinvented yeah, his career. Yeah, right? He yeah. was kind of like... And he did a lot of acoustic songs after that. You know, like, oh, yeah. I Changed the World. What a great that was a, song. Yeah, that was that a big song. Mm-hmm. Like, Baby I, Face. I, My Father's Eyes. Yeah. I think that's, that's a, a good one, it's in, too. It's in this... Yeah, I, it's I'm in pretty the, sure it is, yeah. Un, the Unplugged album. But yeah. He, um... I, it was funny. I read an article. Uh, the Chicago Tribune called this "Blues for Yuppies." Like, this is kind of... Well, you know... compared to the boomers and all that, like, you know, are all... You know, it's MTV and all. My yeah. band would do a dinner hour, and we play the whole. When you Clapton wore your Gigi Allen, yes, yes, <laughs> I wore my Gigi Allen shirt. I would play the whole Eric Clapton unplugged album, like my band would. It was great. People would fucking love it. You know, 
Did people it, get it? Did they know that you were playing the? Uh, the I don't know. Um, I don't think we played it like in order. Know, in order, we like jumped around and threw some other stuff in there. I believe also maybe some jump jazz or jump swing. I don't know. Rob, what do you think of this album? When you mentioned Layla, like you were saying, uh, Doug, earlier about, I think this version's better than the actual, like, original. I had heard the unplugged version before I heard the original version. I'm not what? surprised. What? I'm, not, yeah. I'm not surprised. Jesus, <laughs> hey, man, I like Coldplay. Him. What do you expect? He you know? likes Coldplay. <laughs> but yeah, the unplugged it, version is, is really no, good. Yeah. You, never heard Lay- you, you never heard Layla before this? Really? No. That's amazing. You never no. saw Goodfellas, and then that scene that they they start playing Layla the, the piano part. When they're all the getting end. shot, and everybody's dying. dead. I was in my twenties by the time I saw Goodfellas. God, so. and he just sold the natural, yeah, so, which I didn't like. I had I you had, didn't like the natural. I did not like it. You're an asshole. <laughs> Get off my show. <laughs> I had one other interesting nugget on this album, and I think I, we're probably gonna have to move pretty quickly through this because there's so much goddamn territory. We I'm need taking to my time. Okay. Yeah. Um. The song Rollin' and Tumblin' yes, is yes. on this Great album. Song. Yes. It's a cream song. And the story was, they said if you listen to it in the album, when it pick, it's like it sounds like you're catching him. Like It's very abrupt the way it starts. Because they said like everything ended. And Clapton just started, the cameras turned off. And Clapton just starts tooling around. And he starts playing it. And the musicians all know the song. Sure. So they chime in. And then the camera crew was all like, holy shit, he's playing a cream song. And they real quick turn it on. So the album, it's not like he doesn't ease into it. And then when he gets done, he turns around. And he's like, "Did you guys get that?" And you're like, "Hell, <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, we, we did!" But, then, but the, <laughs> the beginning, the it. beginning is it wasn't recorded. Oh wow! So it was just kind of like this impromptu kind of thing, which is which is cool. That's what's great about live recordings. You know, sure. Eric Clapton had an awesome band backing him up. Great horn section, great everything. But what I really remember is his percussion player. Remember, he was the bald guy with glasses. And he was so animated with with his tambourine and shit, and he was just so into it. I think he's playing with Eric Clapton. No, yeah. but he's playing tambourine him, with Eric Clapton. No, but I've seen him in other acts, and he's so. Like, I wonder who it is. He he was awesome. Yeah, I don't remember that. But, but the level yeah. of musicianship on that stage, of course, oh, yeah. they can just jump into that song, and it's just like on the cuff. That's like Ryan said. That's the great thing about live music, and it's. Yeah. A, it's Wonderful that they got yeah. it one taste. It's so yeah, they also why like you never turn off the goddamn camera. Like no. we don't even turn off the recording when we're no. doing this. You yeah, know, like we we take a, a commercial break and take a twenty minute break to go take a piss and and have a drink and a cigarette and everything. We, we always you keep it running because you never yeah. know what you're going to get. No, I'm sure there yeah. was a lot of things that unplugged captured accidentally. Yeah, you know stuff that just kind of organically happened. And that's and that's again that's live music. Yeah, yeah, man, it's, it's, a, it's a beauty magic, of rock and roll. Catching magic in a bottle, man. I think it's one of the better MTV shows that were out. I think, it, it, I think it was I think the, it's best the best one. Yeah. The best. yeah. You know, because, you, like, not to jump too forward, but you, the evolution of music happened during the Unplugged. Like, totally. You, would, you have, like you said, Poison, the, to uh, Eric Clapton. To Nirvana, to, Alice exactly. in Chains. Yeah, the, like, the to Korn. Like you said, Korn. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like yeah. you said, the, you saw the evolution of rock and roll changing. And some hip-hop getting in there, too, well, which we'll talk about. And you know? like, we did a whole show on how 1991 was the greatest year Absolutely. in the history of music. And this yeah. is like, this is going on at the time. Yeah. yeah. This is one of the reasons why music was so awesome. Yeah, I because agree. Because you had shows at this year access because here's your favorite bands jumping off the album and doing another version of it yeah. on MTV. And like you say, nope, you can't hide behind anything. No. So the, I, I feel like within the circle of these musicians, well, now you have to do one plug. Let's see how, if you guys can do it. Yeah. You know? I think a lot of bands were like, oh, we can't do that. Yeah. We're not good enough for that. Yeah. 
And there's a couple that we're going to talk about. Like the performances aren't perfect, which no. is what makes it so great. It's great. No, but that's what's great. Going to see a band in a coffee shop. That's what they were kind of going for the vibe of yeah. the show. And you think about the yeah. 90s, that's all it was, man, is just coffee shops and acoustic guitars. Yeah. You know, me and Ryan played a few coffee shops at one time or another. You, you ever know? bring a drum set in a coffee shop? <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> you, you bang the mocha uh. out of your coffee. <laughs> all right, man. So moving along chronologically is uh, the next album that we decided we're going to talk about was 1993, and that was 10,000 Maniacs. Wow. Yeah. Um, what an amazing, yeah, dude. amazing performance. For, yeah. I... Love, I fucking love Natalie Merchant's voice. Sure, it is. It is just, it's sexy. She has this like just she does this, yeah, yeah. She does this like hip swagger. Like her voice is just really. I I really like musicians that have interesting voices. Like I I like Tom Waits. And, yeah, she definitely has. Her she's own and it's just she's a natural performer. Yeah, it's in her blood. It's like and soulful. Yeah, it's very soulful. Yeah. And this album, so this this album went three times platinum. And it also came out, so between the time it was recorded and it was released, she quit the band. <laughs> so it went like, it went huge. Because oh, it, it was, was like huge. her, I mean, that was a big deal, man, when oh, she quit that, that was, band. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like. And, and that album's probably the biggest one of their career, would it was, you think? It yeah. was. And it was like, and, you know, imagine if you're like, dude who plays in 10,000 Maniacs. Like, they're still yeah. making music. Yeah, they still they're, 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 yeah, they're, they're, they're irrelevant now without, yeah, without her. her. Yeah. She's out there doing her own thing. She's put too. out a, a ton of stuff. Yeah. And some of her stuff. Her I, first I, album was awesome. Tiger, Tiger Lily was great. Yeah, I loved it. Was it was great. Yeah, I followed her for a while, and I just kind of, I haven't recently. The Unplugged was was very um, different for them, because they weren't a huge band. They were not They were underground. They were art band. Maybe like Corny R.E.M. They were in that. No, they're better than R.E.M. Dude. No, no, but they were in that same, like, that yeah, same, same genre, genre. Yeah, college yeah. rock. Yeah. yeah. But here they are. They take this Bruce Springsteen song yeah. and they make it their own. Yeah. And you it's know? a great, it's a great rendition. I like that version more than as big as a Springsteen fan I yeah. as I am, I like this version of Because of Night more than Patty Smith, yeah. more than Springsteen's version. I guess we, let's hear we should it. probably play a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah dude. let's hear it, man. They were the perfect band to be on MTV Unplugged. They're so earthy and so like this, this sound, you know, of the only thing I can compare it to is this college sound. Like, I, I love that college, that standard issue. Like I could put them in the same bucket with like Toad the Wet Sprocket and Hootie and the Blowfish. And I just, I just, I love that nineties, that nineties college alternative. It's like rock and roll. You watch the beginning of singles. And it's just yes, like that, yes, that coffee, I love it. again, that coffee shop thing. Like, you know, everybody has kind of like this, the round glasses. Yeah, and she, yeah. Like uh, the, the song These Are Days is on this album. And it was on their last studio, the studio album before this. And it was like, that's one of my favorite songs in the 90s. You want to play a second of it? Uh, no, nah, we already oh, played okay. one song yeah. of it. But it was like, you know, just the and, – and she's doing this quirky – and the video for These Are Days is like yeah. is really yeah. shitty. That's a great song, though. It's a beautiful But it was song. like she's doing this weird dance on like yeah. a cliff. And in the – 
and they unplugged. She was doing the same dance. It was just, it was awesome. Yeah, it was sure. one of my favorite. Um, I, I didn't know that the band broke up right after the, that performance. Yeah, dude. But at the same time, like you know, the Ten Thousand Maniacs went off to do their be the Ten Thousand Maniacs, and she went off to be her. You know, like, and you guys said, like, another, like they kind of maybe fizzled out apart. But can you imagine if they got back together again? Like, do you think people would be interested? Yes. You think so? Yeah, Rob would, would go. I, the go the warden would go. I would absolutely go to that show. Why not? Yeah, yeah why sure. not? Yeah. yeah why not? Would you be pissed that they didn't play Because Tonight? Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm looking I up. Be. I would be. I'm looking up their discography right now. So 10,000 Maniacs, uh, their last album they came out. They came out with an album in 97, 99, 2013, and 2015. So they're still okay. like, yeah. they came out with an EP in 2017. Uh, so they're still they're still making music. I don't. I have no idea who's they're still singing for them. Yeah. They made a they yeah. made an album like after. She I remember left. she left and they made another. album. They made one album and I I just never you know they were still being maniacs without. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't write don't write us and say I don't believe you don't know. No, I was just gonna say that. Okay, how dare you? How dare, dare you? you? Not um, you call you guy. You call I, you guys I, music. Fucking guys. I had two other points on this album. One is um, guest singers are also a big deal. Sure. On, on the David, David Byrne from the Talking yeah. Heads was on this. Okay. You, you know, and I, I sat when we were listening to you guys were talking about 10,000 Maniacs and all these kind of other bands. And I was like, man, can you imagine if the Talking Heads did an Unplugged? It would have been awesome. Dude, my God. David Byrne is great. Those guys yeah. are never getting back together. No, ever. no. They, they hate him. They, did they do a Talking Heads song on Unplugged I don't together? think so. It was just some other yeah. song. And then... The vid, so there was a, a lot of these two came out on video, yeah. and the video had shit that didn't make it on the album because the CD you could only fit so many songs on it because yeah. of time, and they covered um they covered Jolene by Dolly Parton really and it was really cool. Awesome. I was listening like, to this. I gotta yeah, to go this. look it up, man. Yeah. I was like, it was really cool, and it was just something that just it missed the cut and just didn't make it. Is there a, there's an actual recording of it? Yeah, you can find oh, it. Boy. Yeah, it's all it was on the video version of the album. Okay, or the or the, the, the cassette, the VHS tape. That I'm sure released. there was some kind of licensing thing. Could be, yeah, you know, like, yeah. All right, man. So let's uh, move on. 1994. This was a really big year, but the first one that came out, or the first one that I had on my list, was Page and Plant. Oh this, it was wow, a big deal, dude. This was huge. That was the biggest one that they did. MTV Unplugged did. This was the biggest high highest rated show that they had. It was like. You know, besides not having John Paul Jones there, this was like the recreation of of Led Zeppelin, and they called it like No Code. It was like No uh, Quarter. No, I'm sorry, yeah, No Quarter. And they actually did a tour after they yeah. got together and did a tour. Me and Ryan went to the two of the shows, it and this great. was like Fantastic. right. So it would have, it had been it said it was only the second time they appeared together since 1980. Yeah, so was, you're looking yeah, at 15 great. years, and yeah. it's it's. It's Led fucking Zeppelin. Yeah, they yeah. did like Gallows Pole, and that was like the big Which is single. Awesome. The yeah. first Gallows Pole is great. I remember at the show they did Cashmere. Yeah, with yes, the Philadelphia the Orchestra yes, came and out. the version of Cashmere on the on the on, yeah. on the No Quarter album is great too. They yeah. asked them when they, originally before they uh, recorded them this show. They was like, uh, "We were requesting for you guys to do this do Stairway to Heaven." They were like, "No way." They no. refused to do They're, it. Yeah, I, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. They have a, they have way better songs. Absolutely, than Stairway. they do have a good song. They might have, dude. I, I can't remember top of my head, but you know, they were playing everything but Stairway, and everybody was pissed off about it. Get the fuck out. This here. album is not on Spotify. Yeah, I was looking for it. It's not on there. That's right. crazy. That's well, a huge we, can, we are the prisoners of rock and roll. We do what we want. So let's, I'll go on YouTube. <laughs> a pirate. I'll allow it. Yeah, what do you want to hear? Put on Gallus Pole. Gallus or Pole. Is, unless you can think of something else. No, Gallus Pole was great. That was, their, that was the, the song that they, that was the single they released. You know the way to step up. He's in the gallows pole. 
So man, that was just really hard because uh, yeah. so that album's not on Spotify but, because of some licensing agreement. Yeah. Probably some blues dude yeah. sued the shit out of them. But that's they, not even the recording from the Unplugged. That's uh, that's that's a, like, just, a live show. Found some yeah, other, like, yeah, because I remember the recording. Okay, because it, it was on the radio all the time. Well, the thing that I remember about the Unplugged was this was like the first time that you seen those dudes together, and you know, in like over fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. maybe uh, when they went to Live Aid and they blew it. That, yeah, I heard that was awful. It didn't even make the home video. Um, but, you know, my first taste of seeing those dudes, like I always seen them on yeah. on the CD cover or hear just the songs. Here they are live. Yeah. 94. So we're 18 years yeah. old. This was the biggest thing in rock and roll when this happened. It was. This it was, was the it biggest was thing in rock and roll. It was, it was Zeppelin getting back together, yep. or you know, yeah. Or, yeah for the most part, it's, it's Zeppelin getting those back. Two guys. Yeah. I've, you know, sorry, John Paul but Jones, but that's that Zeppelin. They, they, but I don't. I never understood why they never invited the John Paul Jones. It's all about the dough. So. I guess so. It's that's all about the, the money. Yeah, honey. And that blows. Well, they didn't and, get rich for being nice guys. And again, we said on another show, and John Paul Jones on the albums, man, he plays a lot of the, the, the instruments that people think Jimmy Page plays. You know. Do you? Uh, so I have a theory that they have not gotten back together because he can't sing anymore. Totally, that he can't hit those. He can, there's no way he can hit. And he does all yeah. that. He does all that bluegrass shit with. Yeah. Um, and he won a Grammy. Allison Krauss. Yeah, which yeah. is it's not it's not bad, but I got to be in like I got to be in a mood yeah. to listen but to it. I've heard that. I read read that over that and he over just again. Can't he hit can't those hit notes anymore. Those notes anymore. Everybody wants it, but you know you can't you can't he's, capture it. He's again. old. He's in the seventies. Yeah. He's not. He's not no. Springsteen. He, he knows it. He knows that he can't do it. So why even try? Right. Maybe that's why he, uh, Paige went out and got David Coverdale and tried to do like a uh, Page and Plant. I mean, uh, uh, Coverdale and Page. Coverdale and Page. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's why he did that. That's a I said this in another episode, man. That's a great album. I know. I know you don't like. You, yeah, I like no, David Coverdale more you. than you yeah. do. But I, is it, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I re- I read out there that Miles Kennedy got together with with the guys from Zeppelin. Really, it was just like rehearsals. And Miles Kennedy was like, "Yeah, it happened." He was like, oh, "Wow, really? Yeah, absolutely." I don't know what they played. I, I really can't. It was on wow. that. This was on that metal show name from uh, Alter Bridge. Yeah, we talked about him a lot. Yeah, in and another Slash, episode too. And Slash's yeah. band. What wow. were they? What were they uh, rehearsing for? Were they just getting? They, they just got they, together. They just one wanted, of those things. Miles Kennedy said they just wanted the rock. Right. Wow. I never heard that before. Wow. Yeah. Cool. I guess I got to give Miles Dave or Miles Kennedy a little bit more credit than I. I do. think I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of his voice. Know. You know. I think he could sing any cover song. <laughs> yeah, he's in a great cover band. <laughs> yeah. All right, you want to keep rolling? Yeah. Sure. All right, man. So we're going to probably spend a little bit of time on this, and this is probably the one that the warden is going to want to get in on. This 1994. Nirvana. Oh, yes. Yes. oh nice. Absolutely. Right. This is the biggest. This is this is the this pinnacle is of Unplugged, right? Rob, this is the number Rob. one. Rob, what do you remember about Nirvana Unplugged? The very first song that comes on on the album is About a Girl. And uh, I just like, this is totally different than any other thing they've done, like from Nevermind and In Utero and, and, all, and Bleach and all that stuff. And I was really digging it. But what I really like on that album is uh, their cover of Bowie's The Man Who Sold the World. Yeah. And he sings that second verse in the song and like, you hear the guy in the in the background going like woo, you know, like you can hear it on the radio, you can hear it like on Apple Music or Spotify, or whatever, yeah. and you always hear that guy going woo, you know. But it it's such a good album. You go from Plateau, Jesus don't uh, Jesus don't want me for a sunbeam, and 
even uh, Come As You Are, their their cover on the Unplugged album was really good. But the one thing I remember definitely about the album is he killed himself right after that. Yes, five yeah. months later. Yeah. Five, yeah. five months, yeah. five or six months, months later. later. Yeah. Yeah. So when 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 we say MTV Unplugged, is this what you guys think of? Totally. Yes, is it, I, I think it's one of them. I think it's most people them. think of that too. I think I think it was the best one that was out. It's the most His, memorable one. It's what people remember the most one because the, it was everywhere. Still the thing everywhere. was, it showed them how talented Nirvana really was. Yes. They so, just weren't this punk rock band. As much as I wasn't a fan of them or anything like that, but it, I couldn't deny that they were these, this talented thing that they had together. My, my favorite album that they made was was Bleach, and I don't say that to be like, oh, I sure, liked yeah, them before they yeah, got it. I, just, yeah. I like just the the in your face. It's it's punk rock. It's really fuzzy. It just yeah. it reminded me of like um like Husker Du, something yeah. like that late eighties punk. Um, but this is just like he's he's vulnerable. Like his voice cracks a lot. Like it's just it's just really unguarded, and you kind of get this glimpse into like he's this troubled dude. Who had all these kind of issues, and you just see this, just really ungood. Even, even physically, like looking at him, like he had that sweater mm-hmm. and his body language. It was just a different way to look, look at like an old woman. Yeah, he did well, well. He well, I read when we're doing research for a show. He was going through withdrawal. He got off a of heroin, so yeah. he couldn't really function. So they gave him a Valium to do that show just to get through because <laughs> he couldn't he do it. Like it, yeah, he couldn't do it. But, you know, these guys did pull it off, but the rehearsals for his things were a disaster, where they got to a point where... You can't do rehearsal for something I like know, that. But they, but they, Kurt didn't even want Dave on, on the thing, because he didn't like the way the drumsticks sound. Yeah, so they, yeah. he shows up for the day of the recording, and whoever the producer is gives him a gift for brushes, and everybody thinks that Dave's going to freak out. Yes, like, they didn't like the, the sticks. On the, yes, the, yes. the hot rods. So, yeah, so yeah. he gives them the, the brushes, hot rods. Yeah. So what, what? I'm sorry. Wait. What's a hot rod? A hot rod is a bunch of bamboo sticks, uh, basically kept together by a piece of plastic, and that's what Dave Grohl uses through the whole. Instead yeah. So of instead using, of a drumstick, instead yeah. of using a drumstick or brushes per se that they okay. use in jazz bands, these were made more like a drumstick, but they wouldn't give off like a drumstick. It would give off more of an acoustic sound kind of thing. And they gave okay. him. They gave him the Dave, and Dave's like, they thought he was going to freak out. He's like. Awesome. I'd never played with these. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he just rolled made, with it. Dave made them famous. Absolutely. Yeah. And Dave Dave it, made them famous. As good as it like as Kurt is like with the with the uh the voice cracking and this and that, you know, Dave is the MVP of that. He's singing backup he on this sounds stuff. This, great on that. This is like before he recorded anything for the Foo Fighters yeah. or even started writing songs. Can we know? hear a song off of it? Yeah, man. Of course. Let's hear uh Come As You Are. It sounds great, the guitar tone that Kurt has going on. I don't know what kind of effect he has, but it's fantastic. So that's a good point before I, I play it. So they this wasn't all acoustic. They did have amps. Yeah. They and did, they did have some effects on their guitars. But they didn't want to show the amps on stage, so they made they them look like in monitors. Like bo- yes. They box monitors. So right. they tried to disguise it. All right, here you go. But with the effects and everything like that, I don't think anybody really gave a shit. 
No, like, you know I mean? they just sound awesome. I'm sure, I, I didn't I'm, know, sure, like, I'm, I'm sure some asshole was out there, I mean, some pompous guy was like, oh, well, they're not completely unplugged. I never you know? even thought about it. I didn't either no, until, I, until I, until I did the research and yeah. I saw it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Compared yeah. to their regular sound, that's pretty unplugged. Absolutely. I yeah. agree. Yeah, their the, earlier stuff, man, it just said, like, the stuff that I like bleach, that's a sledgehammer yeah. that just smashes you over the head. The version of Where Did You Sleep Last Night mm-hmm. is fucking haunting. I said it before on our Blue Show. I think Kurt's the only one that could give that song justice. Yeah. Yeah, man. Even like, so I, I looked up a breakdown of like, because they didn't play a lot of the hits, right? No. There's there's one song from Bleach. Right. There's four from Nevermind. There's three from In Utero and six of the songs are covered. But that's what's cool about it. It's more other Nirvana. It wasn't like, yeah. it was like, here's a bunch of other songs. Greatest, that we we're play. not going to play our greatest and hits. And they weren't, yeah. at that point we in made, their career, they weren't having fun being Nirvana. No. They like, were totally you know, he was done different. at that point. Yeah. yeah. But he's just like, like I don't want to play these songs anymore. Like, he's, he made a joke out of it. But then you get to see them like, okay, this is what we really appreciate in they, music. They know? really made their own songs. Like, the the the, the man who fell there. What was it? The, the man who yeah, sold the world. Sold, yeah, the Bowie they, song. They made it their own so much that... At the end of it, Kurt goes, that was a David Bowie song. Right. Get, that, you know? They did the same thing with the Meat Puppets songs. Like, that was a Meat Puppets song. Yeah, and the Meat know? Puppets actually got, like, they, they were on the stage for a couple yeah. of the songs. And, Pat uh, Schmier was there. Yeah, yeah, Pat Schmier. Yeah. And MTV didn't, was not happy that the Meat Puppets were there. And yeah. the Meat Puppets had that one, they had that one-off yeah. hit with uh, Backwater, which is, yeah, a, right. they were a great yeah. band. Yeah, they, they were, were like, right. overrated. They were underrated. You know what's really great? I saw Nirvana get inducted in Rock and Roll of Fame, and Pat Schmier, of course, was inducted with Nirvana. And Pat Schmier played that same guitar that he played on the Unplugged. He played that guitar in the Rock mm-hmm. and Roll of Fame induction. And yeah. I was, like, blown away. Yeah, I remember how that stage was all set up with the dandelions or all around, like, what they caught on film was probably so unique. Like, it was perfect time. It just captured him, like, just that troubled... All the flowers and everything like that. Yeah, like, but there's always, like, a degree of just, like, anger in what he did, but he, you know... They created a mood. You yeah, I mean? they create like a stage mood, and I felt that you know we'll get to STP, but STP they seem like a standard like to create more of a, an ambiance on stage for these performances. Yeah, you know, I just think uh, Scott Weiland wanted to be a rock star, and Kurt was like, "Get the fuck out of here." Yeah, can I add something real quick? To- yeah, sure, of course, please. please. The, the, the man who sold the world, like the the other part of that song, I really liked is the very end with the woman playing the cello. And, yeah, and it's and it's like yeah. you. This is a grunge band I'm listening to, like in a dumped down like little show, and they got this woman playing a cello. He's like, you would never see that. Yeah, any from any grunge show. Sure, back in that's early a great 90s. point. Dude. Yeah, I, yeah, man. I was watching uh, like when we did our first MTV show, and I was watching like MTV news things and everything like that. So a lot of Kirk the day Kirk Cobain died. So all they played that day was the whole MTV Unplugged mm-hmm. on loop all day long. It didn't come out. It came out. Very shortly after he killed himself. No, like, like I, I just watched. No, it. I mean, yeah. I mean the the CD. They released it yeah. as a CD. They released right. it as an album. But like, it was the first thing that came out after he died. Right. But the the uh, they were they already showed it on television already. Like it was already aired oh, on yeah. television. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. They kept on showing it on loop all day long. And uh, yeah, man, like this. They were uh, they raised the bar, you know. And this was also like they wound up getting the album. Uh, they got a Grammy for Best Alternative Music Performance, the only Grammy they ever won. Mm. And it was probably because of what happened to them. You, you know, think, like you think posthumously. So, or you think it was like, like – They might have got it anyway. I honestly, but it, like, I honestly think he would have got it anyway. I think it would have too, but it, yeah. it, it, it just locked in much yeah. like uh, – He became Jim Morrison overnight. 
Yeah, I mean, he, 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 he became the tail of Nirvana. He became of this huge, yeah. iconish thing. Anything that Nirvana was uh, up for, they won. I mean, he was he was. You're right. He was the Jim Morrison of our generation. He was the guy. Like he was the rock star. I mean, I, I Rob, you just said it. Like I remember people crying. Sure. Like in school yep. when he died, yeah. nope. but people did, man. Like he yeah, had, no, I, just, I totally. was very, very upsetting. For we, years to come, it was like poor Kurt and everything. Right. You know, I mean, we we talked about that in our episode of ninety one. But this is one of the, the they were a band that you could divide music and to everything that happened before it and everything that happened after yeah. it. Like it changed. Like, Everything like, before there was Nirvana, right. there was this hairband shit. Right, right. Yeah. They and just then, they changed the game yeah. completely. Yeah. And then they and after all their success, they changed the game again with this with this performance. Yes, yeah. that's just like I'm, I'm. They're just so fucking talented. We could do. We could have done a whole show yeah. on just this one album yeah. and how groundbreaking it yeah. was. You know, what's also creepy about that, Ryan. What you said, like when they announced it on MTV News and they played the whole album the whole day or whatever it was. Was hearing Courtney Love read a suicide note. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was bullshit. Yeah, she's an asshole. Yeah, we're gonna get yeah. to her. She's scumbag she's, of the week. I was yeah. say, she's my shit. Play it. Play shitbag of the week. <laughs> Courtney Love, you're the shitbag of the week. Oh, so Hole's gonna come up a little bit later, but Courtney Love, I think, is a shitbag of the week, and now's a great time. We have a new jingle for shitbag of the week. Shitbag of the week. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney Love. That's, that's some high quality uh, audio audio engineering you got right you here. You really worked some magic on that one, sir. I did. How yeah. many takes did I take you? <laughs> it was like four hours of magic work. So my wife was thrilled. And I'm like, no, but the it's got to be perfect. You guys want to keep rolling? You want to sure. Keep rolling? Yeah, right. man. So the next one, 1995, uh, Bob Dylan. Wow. What an amazing yeah, this time this was. Yeah. Dylan on MTV, I mean, coming out of, like, Dylan not doing anything, like, media-wise, to he's on MTV. This might have been my first real exposure to Bob Dylan. Yeah. Like, I know, Ryan, you always like Bob Dylan. Ryan always like, what What don't you get? Why don't you just get this? Like, why don't you I like get, Bob Dylan? I get it. Like, Bruce is making faces. I fucking hate this album <laughs> really? so much. I hate this album. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved it. It was, like, one of the first introductions to Bob Dylan live. And it made me think, it was like, wow, he doesn't do the songs the way it sounds on his album. Like, he changes everything up. Uh, a, a different way he says things. If you don't know his words, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah. I, you know? I didn't like this album when it came out, and okay, I have not listened to it in 25 years. Yeah, and then when it came up on our notes, I sat down and I tried to listen to it. I was going to ask you if your opinion changed. I, I got through three songs. And really, I'm like, I can't. I just, it's I can't. Fantastic his piece voice. Of work, it's just, it's too much it's with his fan, voice. It's a fantastic piece of work. Will though, you man. say that? Play, play something off of that. All right. So Go you to, got a uh, like a Rolling Stone on here. Go to three minutes in. Turn around to see the frowns on the jugglers and the clowns, and they all came down to do tricks for you. It's fucking Hi. great, dude. Hi, oh, this is Kermit yeah. I, Dude, when he came back in with the verse, man, I just put yeah. my hands up. I'm like, what don't you like? Yeah. Like I, his voice, man, is just. It's I get just, it. I get it. But yeah. that's the thing about you know. My dad's sitting over in her chair. He's like, Bob Dylan's not a singer. Johnny Mathis, now that's a singer. <laughs> Bob Dylan's more of a. Um, um, how can you say storyteller? Maybe no. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah, course, he's a, yeah, of course. He's a poet yeah. with a guitar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get where he fits in, man. I, I don't. Sure. I don't. 
I don't but dismiss you, it. But you think about it, he was doing acoustic work before anybody. Right, and yeah. that you was know? right. That was MTV Unplugged. It was like, yeah. dude, like when you he when he stopped on. being acoustic was a big when yeah, he plugged that was, in. That was a big deal. Losing their minds, yeah. dude. I never thought about that. Yeah, like here's MTV. Like, oh, here's um, maybe that's why he did it. Like to like go back to like now I'm going to shock everybody. I'm going to go back. And, I mean, and this is after the Wilburys and all that and like really major success, like touring with Tom Petty and Tom Petty being his backup band. Yeah, The Grateful you know, Dead. The Grateful right. Dead. And this, and he but he's not on MTV. Yeah. Like, but it, but in, it's, now right, he's correct, on MTV. Right. But it's funny, like, you know, like he's going back to his roots. He's like, I'm MTV unplugged. Man, I started out doing that shit. Right. You know what I mean? And and so he recorded this over two nights. He did like 23 songs. They had to cut it down to one album. He played for six hours. Right, he played three I songs. It was be fucking awesome. But 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 also like another great point of MTV Unplugged was they reintroduced you to old art, like artists sure. you got like yeah. McCartney, Tony Bennett, Neil Young, Neil Young, Bob Dylan. You know, like they it did like kind of revitalize, and this did revitalize his Bob Dylan's career. It totally did. Yeah, sure. like like, it, it, like I said, he was on MTV. He was never on MTV. No, there was no reason for him to be on MTV. Like I may like I I'm gonna try to correct myself and just ask a question. Was this before the Wilburys or was this after the Wilburys? Uh, I'm pretty I, sure it was after the Wilburys. I think. Oh, hang on, I can find out. Was the Wilburys like the early nineties. The Wilburys were it was like eighty seven, maybe. This is this is afterwards. So what year is this? I would say. This oh, you were like Roy, Orbison, Roy Orbison died in eighty eight. Okay. So this oh, is yeah. yeah. So this is this is. So here he had like Six years here later. he had like commercial success and he's known because he's he the Wilburys. That was a huge band. Dude. I mean, yeah, I mean he had huge commercial success. He was Bob Dylan. Sure, he he was no he was no stranger of selling millions of millions of albums. He's a household name yeah. by that point, and like yeah. rightfully so. Yeah. I think I think um, when Dylan was on MTV Unplugged, the parents were like, "Oh, look, I can watch MTV. Like, but, do they, they, I can relate to my kids and would sit down and watch something from my." My error, and to introduce them to something new. I and mean, I, from, from MTV, man, getting him to do this is brilliant. Because sure. like I, you said, he, he, he was yeah. he was acoustic rock and roll. But I, you know, what you said, like you know, you get the parents coming in and start watching it. But then you see, like you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and did it. Yeah, you know, I mean, there, there's another band from that era. You know, um, maybe that's what their marketing angle was. We want to get the parents in here and start watching. Could be MTV. Could yeah. be. I don't know. It's a guess. Yeah, I, I I didn't like it, but that's I'm not a huge Dylan no. fan. You know, like I remember we were both at Ryan, you and I were both at the same Dylan show. Yeah, and I'm like, that you, was fucking you're awesome. Like, that's fucking you're texting me, you're like, that's fucking great. I'm like, I'm I left. I'm in the parking lot. <laughs> you, I, you I mean, stayed for like five you songs. You didn't have the Blues Brothers moment, like the light comes down, like I see the light. Man. I was I had somebody had uh a friend of ours had given me tickets. Brendan had given me yeah. tickets. Yeah. And I was in a suite at the Wells Fargo Center with like free, <laughs> you left with free, free food and free booze and I still left. That's wow. crazy. You had to you had to drag me out there. Yeah. No, I'd awesome be, be leaving with beers in my pockets. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't do that. <laughs> just, you know, I hit them up my ass and walked, you know. Class, baby. Right. All class. the way. All the way. So all right, you wanna keep you wanna keep sure, moving? Yeah. Um the next album that came out in 1995, man, it, it, Doug, this is this is you, Kiss. This was a huge deal. This came out actually. I I don't know the date that they actually recorded, but it was released on Halloween. Yeah, and I was working at Pet Boys that time, and I'm like, I gotta get, I gotta get out of here. Kiss is going to be on Unplugged, and honestly, you know, 
my mind was made up before I even seen it that I was going to love this, and they sound amazing. This so, was, so, like, so you knew it was coming on, yeah. And you, because I have a couple. There's another band we're going to talk about later that yeah. I had that experience. And I'm yeah. like, they're going to be on MTV Unplugged. Yeah. Yeah. I need to be home and I was, to watch I, it. I think I was like more curious, and like going back what the the uh, the statement I made earlier, like you really know how to play. They rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed to pull those off. They never did anything well, like this before. What made it such a huge iconic show? It was the first time Ace Frehley and Peter Chris right, the four got of back them. together with the band. And as much as I love this, I've said this since. The day I saw the show, Peter Chris is the MVP of this show. Yeah, he, you know, he really was. Let's play uh, Got Nothing to Lose on there. And this is Pe- Peter Chris singing. And it, they they flipped through, so, so it's Eric Sing. I'm sorry, Peter Chris singing, then Eric Singer singing, who was a drummer at the time, who's now the drummer, the Catman drummer in Kiss now. And uh, it's just, it's great. It sounds great. All right, here we go. All right, so I have a question. Was Kiss wearing their makeup for the show? No, they weren't. But the 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 stage set was totally Kiss. They had the big Kiss light up sign in the background. Mm-hmm. They had mannequins on top of that thing with the costumes on. The stage was a rock and roll all over, which is an album, album cover. cover. And um, it was, like no explosions, no this, no that. But it was just like stripped down. Wow. And, Go ahead. I'm no, no, I'm saying, Rob, this led up to them putting the makeup back on. This okay. was like, yeah. here here we are, we're Kiss, we're back together. And then like Gene Simmons was like, cha-ching, yeah, right. let's put the they makeup back in. on. He cashed in. Yeah. yeah. But um, the, the way this came across is that they were at a Kiss convention, and they were in California. So Peter Chris calls Gene Simmons. He's like, would you mind if I brought my kid here? The C is my kid doesn't know anything about me doing any of this. And I just would like him to see what I used to do. So they came in, hey, why don't you do Beth? So he got up on stage because they usually have an acoustic thing. So he got up on stage to do Beth. And they're like, one thing led to another. And then they got Ace. And then they got on stage. Like, we're not going to play it, but Ace Freely does a Keith Richards song for here on on this performance called 2000 Man. And it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Any Stones fan would love it. And I played it for Stones fans. And like, this is fucking great. I'm I'm not a big kiss fan and we talked about that in a couple several other episodes sure. I, I really like this album i was like it's, i was digging I lo- it man I, li- like, I still listen to it all the time i think that i think the i think they sound tight like yeah. the rhythms yeah. and everything they're the couple of, they, do, they're just i enjoyed it do mm-hmm. one of their major disaster albums were, was called uh music from the elder it was like a concept album nobody got it. they're really proud of it but they do a gene simmons sings a song in here called the world without heroes and it's awesome like the rendition it's amazing so if you're bored one day listen to it You'll be uh, surprised. You'll be uh, surprised. He, it's so bad. He cries at the end of it. Okay. <laughs> that's in the video. That's, that's, <laughs> that's that so bad. That, yeah. But, but this is another band that was like they were on the ropes, and yeah, they did they were. this MTV unplugged, and it brought it. Like Clapton came back. Yeah. yeah. You know, like Rod Stewart. Yeah. I thought the Rod coming. Stewart was awesome. He, yeah, that was a big deal. But that Kiss, was like, but Kiss yeah, totally cashed in on this. They yeah, totally cashed in on this. Yeah, and they. they Shit, yeah. man! You get a second chance. Take advantage yeah. of it. Yeah, Rod Stewart. We don't have. We don't. We have him on our list to talk about. The but. best thing about Rod Stewart is when he 
when he brought Ronnie Wood back yeah, up that on was stage. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, for the faces. Yeah, we'll talk later. But Ronnie Wood was one of the greatest Rolling Stones so, ever. Absolutely, and we know that. Are we going to bring up uh, Rod Stewart in this? We didn't. You want to talk about it well, for a second? Yeah, like, well, I don't have on my notes because but. He, the one big song he had on there is like, "Did I ever tell you that I love you?" And that was a huge monster hit. Yeah. Every time you like you put on contemporary radio or you were in some store, you would hear that song. But what he did was he did the faces songs. Sure. He did Maggie May. I put that on our playlist. Yeah, we'll play thirty seconds of it. Yeah, it takes a second to get in there. Yeah. All right. So we're kind of we're going off the script here, and we didn't decide to talk about it. What do what do you guys do? You guys like Rod Stewart? Yes. Do you think he's like a great like classic rock? You put him no, in. A, he put a lot of no. bullshit music out. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. He put some bullshit music out, but you cannot deny that he has his fucking great voice. He has a good voice on this. I never. I put him up there with Billy Idol. I don't think Billy Idol's a musician whatsoever. So I've always put Rod Stewart in that category. He just sings, man. Like you know, is his voice great? It sounds great on this, but through his whole career, I'm not a fan at all. I I put him like I put him in the same bucket as Barry Manilow, like just kind of like yeah. adult contemporary yeah. kind. Because he wrote that fucking song. Like, do you that, think uh, I'm sexy? And that's yeah, like kryptonite like, to me. He man. did that like American Songbook kind of. He was doing like Cole Porter kind yeah. of stuff yeah. like later in his career. Like even that yeah. song, I'm not a huge fan of that song, but it sounds great. You know, fuck his songs, but he's got a great fucking voice. He, he, he does have a good voice. Anything. He could sing anything. He chose, or whoever chooses his songs for him, that fucking dropped the ball. That's true. My, my, but, my mom loves him. I, but, my mom, my mom said she listened to the show. I, if she still does, she. <laughs> but he, re, he revamped his career, and he became Tony Bennett. He is, he is this era of Tony Bennett. He I is got Tony my, Bennett. I got That's my, probably better be calling him Barry Manilow. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, but he's Tony Bennett. I got my father to his records that the American Songbook. Yeah, he loves them. I don't even know what the hell's in the American Songbook, but yeah. you hear it all the time. Like, what the hell's the American? Like, I, yeah. I, born in the USA is the American Songbook for us. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I don't. I've never listened to it. Like, I'm kind of intrigued at what's on. You just said Gershwin. Like, how the hell's he? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's it's more like show tunes. We'll do an episode. Oh boy, on, we're gonna reinvent the American Songbook. I'm gonna get hammered on Sunday, and that's what I'm gonna put on. Yeah, let's like, see what this is all about. Fortunate Son is like the American Songbook. Yeah. So, all right, we got two more artists left. That we're gonna talk about. Uh, 1996. This is my absolute favorite MTV Unplugged, and it's Allison Chains. Agreed. I never. I said it a million times. Yeah, I do not like Allison Chains. I love this album. Yeah. Ryan and I were working at Blockbuster Music at the time, and I played this every single day. Yeah. It was huge. I remember we have an, an end cap for it, and it was like a cutout. Of the like little cutouts of the guys. The guys yes. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I never liked them. I was one of the guys booing them off the stage at the Van Halen show yep. I saw, but they really shut me up by singing sure. three part harmony together on that album. I remember getting in arguments with a good friend of ours who passed away a few years ago. Our buddy uh, Joe Bruzzo, we called him Shiloh, and I would get in arguments with them. I'm like. This is the best they ever sounded. He's like, what are you, crazy? They sound horrible. 
like, and I was like, totally always, I always remember like blown away. Like, well, why do you think it's horrible? Well, he was very sick at this point. The fact that, that, you know, he didn't leave his house very much. He just left his house to go buy video games at like Kitty City or Toys R Us or wherever. And he lived in his house in seclusion until he did this show. And he comes in with the gloves on. I have all his track marks, marks on his, on his, his glasses, and it's very eerie to even watch him walk out. He sounds fucking awesome. He now. sounds they, amazing. So they hadn't performed live in two and a half years, and they yeah. did this, and they rushed the rehearsal because he was all yeah. jacked up. Yeah, and you can hear it, man. Like they are, they are not perfect, but that's, and the that's imperfection fine. is what. I, like I, I no, like one thing I love about them is they're a great part about their music is how dark it is yeah and the darkness comes from his addiction and it ultimately destroyed him i think that's why i'm not really so much down with them like they are a bomber yeah yeah music is a bomber you you had wood on the which is more of a more uplifting song yeah so i want to play i want to play sludge factory sure yeah because sludge factory is about like him and a woman dealing with their addict like she shoots up and she starts drooling and she wants to die it's a fucking yeah, really a dark song man yeah. but even on this like the bait like you can hear how chunky the bass is you can hear him hitting the bottom string on the bass mm-hmm. and he's doing the the uh, and his voice crack it's like let me just play it But it's haunting. But it's beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful, right. though. It's and how, so beautiful. And how dark it is. It, and it paints a picture of, like, where he, like you said, where he is in his state of mind. And, like, you're talking about the imperfections and this and that. That's what makes it great to me. I think Allison, It's real. I think Allison Chain's secret weapon is Jerry Cantrell. Absolutely. Jerry Cantrell's yeah, that whole band. That band wouldn't exist without him. No. His solo stuff is great. Sure. Yeah. And the fact that they have... They have come back, you know. Like I, I've said, we we always kick around ideas, and I've always wanted to do a show on bands that have had two singers, yeah, because they're one. But they took like a fifteen year break, sure, and they came back, and they're still like it's a totally different vibe with the other uh, Robert it Duvall. Is. They're still it relevant, it's a different though. vibe, but it still has that heavy, yeah. sludgy kind of sound. Yeah. I mean, music has evolved and changed, but Jerry Cantrell Man is still is still going. They have um with the the new era of Allison Change. I, I don't know what song was, but it got heavy radio play on MMR. They like did. they had success with them. They did a track with Elton John, really on their on their album that they black black on blue the album that or whatever the hell it was called the first album they came back with the new singer yeah um was just I liked it I yeah, remember I, I yeah. remember who did you see them open up for Velvet Revolver yes and I saw them a couple years ago open up for Corn. And they were boring as shit. Yeah, you said no, they had, I saw yeah. them a couple times, yeah. like by themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're great and all. I just, I, I just think their their music is very mellow tone and very boring. But it works for this though. Oh, for, it's um, great for um, it works for this. You know, I think one of the funniest things about um, the unplugged was I don't know Mike Iazzi, Mike, yes, the bass player. He yes. says, 
friends don't let friends cut, cut their, their hair. hair. Because in the front row. Metallica was sitting in the front row, and they just cut their hair. They were changing their on, image and all that. The, yeah. yeah. It was written on his guitar. They That was... I don't know. That's horrible, Metallica. And, and at some point during the show, they they say like we're gonna play Metallica, and they break into they the bass room from Sandman. Enter Sandman because yeah, they're yeah. all sitting in yeah. the audience. They're like you posers, yeah. And they're all like friends. Like Jerry Cantrell played on like a Garage Garage Inc. Yeah, like you know Tuesday's Gone. The Tuesday's Gone. Yeah, and yeah. he sings some of it in there also. And they said um, Jerry Cantrell had food, po- a real bad food poisoning too. Like he was sure as we were rehearsing, he, he said he he ate like a hot dog that day, and he got like he that. got sick. Yeah, too. I wouldn't eat anything that day. No, I wouldn't eat anything that day. They had a great, um, they had a great set, like uh, like the, the background, candles, the candles, and, yeah. and the tapestry. And the- but that's going back to that Nirvana thing. Like they create. This is when. They're creating a mood, creating I, an ambiance. I yeah. thought these C- Seattle bands were the best Absolutely. of yeah. Unplugged. And you know what's really great is that, you know, when these albums came out, like the Nirvana one, uh, the Alice in Chains one, we'll talk about Pearl Jam later. This is when, for me and Ryan also, this is when we're really trying to become mus- musicians. We're developing our skills, like developing of who we're, our identity is. They, and you're watching them play, even though Imperfections – like I remember being being in a band called Golden Dawn, and this was like album. Like we we worshipped this album, and it was just like so interesting to listen to because it developed in the long run. It developed me as a musician. I'll let you get away with saying my name in there. But yeah, I'm not. Down no, 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 I mean, no, no, no. I mean, just with the no, unplu- it, no with the unplugged thing, the series of unplugged. Yeah, that's what not I mean. The Alice and Chains. No, no, no. I'm not saying like Alice. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying I just broke off to that, but just meaning like the whole. Uh, unplugged thing and you like had all to be these a bands. real musician to be yeah. unplugged yeah you know and you're watching these guys to see what they're doing because they're, they're like ryan said earlier there's nothing to hide behind and i like, part of the brilliance of allison chains was like they would hit you like they'd punch you in the face man with like wood yeah or, yeah that album dirt i yeah. just i loved it but then they came out with like jar flies that's a great you album know? and it's like yeah it's all this acoustic stuff and there's strings on it and it was like man they they were not afraid to push the envelope and try different things and but I, I think all their fans like like that darkness. Like, yeah, they, yeah, sure. They, that's yeah, that's, I love their, about. that's yeah. their thing. You know, like um, when Allison Chains was doing all their thing, I never quite understood the darkness of it. I like again, I say on our past shows, you know, in 1994, 1995, I was listening to Fish by then, and they were just this happy, this right. happy thing going happy. But then when this unplugged came out. It was like, holy shit, these guys are really, really talented. Yeah, like Lane was, of course, very haunted at this. And like we were talking during the song, like, oh, when did he pass away? Like a few years after this. I really, really hope that he got to enjoy this at least, like not so hard on himself and lived. <laughs> yeah, like, I took, don't think he did. Took, took, took he the, took, the money into his arms. Yeah, yeah, but took the compliments that was deserving to him. He didn't because, care. Yeah, that sucks though. He, like he, I, I just, I just wish that he, 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 he got to enjoy it for at least a second. He he died very sad, yeah. lonely. Yeah, he's like, a very lonely. They didn't yeah. find him for days, days. after he died. The yeah. only reason they knew he was dead because his bank account wasn't being touched. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His mom tried calling him a couple times, and there's a um, there there's a really sad like the last thing that they did. It's a cover of "We Don't Need No Education." Oh, it was it wasn't it wasn't House of Chains. That was no, like a but super. It, group. It's him. Yeah, but it's it like Tom Morello. Yeah, it was in that faculty. movie at the, the faculty. faculty. Yeah, I just watched that. Let me just let me play this. Just just listen to this. Called the class of ninety nine is Lane Stanley, Tom Morello, Steve Perkins, a couple other guys. Listen to his voice. He's so buried in the mix 
but listen to his voice real closely because he slurs all the S's. He goes like, well, you don't need no education. Because he said he showed up and all of his teeth had fallen out because yeah. he was so high on drugs. Wow. Just listen to this. So messed no up shit. on heroin that he couldn't wow. like. I never noticed that. I had this dipshit kid named Justin that comes in the bar, and he knows nothing about rock and roll. And he was trying to tell me that was a better version of that song than no. the Pink Floyd Who version. Those, um, I'll ask you later which Justin. The Rumpelmans kid. Oh, the, the kid that drinks Rumpelmans show anyway. Really? Yeah. I'm impressed that he knows this version. Yeah. yeah. It's a really, it's a really sad. It's obscure. Yeah. It's a kind no. of an obscure song, yeah. but it, when yeah. you hear it, it's like, and you realize that that's the last thing he did. And like, it's really sad. It's like, very he just, sad. He just died under yeah. really tragic circumstances. He did I, it to himself. Well, you know, that's why he was wearing the black gloves during yeah. the only yeah. Right. Because so you didn't see any of them. He was doing yeah. his hands. Yeah. You didn't see any of them. Yeah. Wow. Really he sad. He had the sunglasses on, but it's iconic in my mind. That whole mm-hmm. that whole persona, his whole look for that, it's iconic. Yep. Is so he I'm, in the 27 Club? No. No. no he was no, older. He was older. He was in his yeah. 30s. All right. So rolling on through the last, the last artist I wanted to talk about in this section, and I don't even, I guess it was an album, was Alicia Keys. Okay. And I only wanted to bring it up, so we just talked about Alice in Chains, 1996. Alicia Keys is now 2005. Her album, the Unplugged album, went number one. It was the first MTV Unplugged album to go number one since Nirvana. And I'm not a really big Alicia Keys she's fan. She's talented. She's I like awesome yeah, on this. She's, she's very talented. And she I, can play. I, guess I, I always see her in infomercials for her yeah. skincare. Yeah. Hey, Rob, side did, business. Did you, have you seen her in concert, Rob? Uh, no, I have not, for the record. No. Okay. She didn't open up for Coldplay? Mm, not that I'm aware of. Oh. So, and, and then, so the only other interesting note I had, so this album uh, was nominated for four Grammys. And reading about it a little bit, because I wanted to have something insightful, was the plan was that Springsteen was going to come out and play New York City Serenade with her. She was going to play the piano. And he had agreed to it, but then the schedules didn't work out, so she couldn't do it. I was like, how fucking awesome though that been that he would have come out. And I don't don't even know her music that well. I could just pick something on here and just play... Has the, oh, like, it's Ooh, the Wild Horses with Adam Levine. I've heard that before. No, thank you. That, is that the dude from fucking that band? Uh, Maroon, Maroon 5. 5. Yeah, and we could trash Moron that, 5. Moron is that the 5. Stone, is that the Stone song? Yes. Yes. Is it? Let's, let's hear it. And yeah, we'll let's trash hear it. Yeah. Lady. We sentence you <laughs> to. Damn. <laughs> you got to keep that in there. <laughs> okay. Honorary. We don't need to. We didn't even get okay. the guy from Maroon 5. Okay. So, I, I like Alicia Keys. I, I don't like Adam Levine. I hate him. Dude, Moron I came out awesome. Moron 5. He's I, a fish I, fan, too. Fuck I him. don't even know a song on here that I could play that would be... But why why did it stick out so much? You know what I mean? Like that's the question. I think she, I think people like her, dude. That's why. Mary Mary J, you think? She's a lot more 
then Mary she, J's just a singer. She can play. Yeah. She, she, she plays piano. She's great. No, she's, she's great. got a good voice. No, and, yeah. yeah. Wait, and what, she, year, what year? I'm sorry. What year did this come out? 2005. So like her first hits were like, um, "You Don't Know My Name," and the other one was. Um, I keep on falling in and out of love with you. Here's here's you don't know my name. Here's- Good for you, Rob. Step up the bat. Same Beyonce. Which is like, I mean, this isn't unplugged. This is, you know, that's an electric but bass. The ch- but the show changed so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't a regular show anymore. Yeah. yeah. But it was, I mean, this was just a big, this was just a huge hit. And I just thought it was interesting that... Yeah, there was something like MTV Unplugged was over. The MTV era was over. Yeah. But then here comes Over the Top and it had this enormous song. But it shows you like who was – they were like looked around and like who's talented? Like, who's talented like, enough and to they, do the right. show? You know, who's, exactly. And it was right. just like, you know. Yeah. So that's it, man. That's the ones that came out as albums. I know we skipped Tony Bennett, but that's, you know, like – in the Mariah Carey one, that was a big one. Yeah, yeah that's a good one off. Like Pearl the, Jam was a big one. Yeah, Pearl Jam's. I had Pearl Jam in the later okay. yeah, yeah, in the later right discussion. Yeah, yeah. I, I know it came out in 2020, but it was no, like, no, no. It was recorded back then, man. Yeah, we we probably should. It wasn't it released here, but, until 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The Mariah Carey one was a big. The, the one that was a that big one deal. Jackson Five song. That was a yeah. that she was, was a huge hit. Oh, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was one of the first ones that kind of like crossover like R and B. But we we've got some. We got some stuff on some people that cross over from Absolutely. other from other artists. So, all right, uh, take a commercial break and yeah. we'll come back. Okay, okay, we'll be back. Stick around. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at Seventeenth and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. There's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox in McCusker's. It's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Chunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. All right, we're back from the commercial break. Thanks so much for sticking with us. So I think before we dive into the other one-off kind of stuff, I wanted to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about performances that crossed genres. One of the cool things about MTV Unplugged was that they didn't, they weren't afraid of taking artists who you would seemingly have no right to be on that stage and making them do MTV Unplugged. It's amazing what they created. Yeah. Like, like what they thought of, like what they brainstormed. And the, the it's amazing who jumped on board, like some of the acts. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you'll get into some, like, Hip-hop acts, maybe. Yeah, I think you yeah. might be leaning toward it. You're know. right. Let's start there, man. So, yo, they did a show called Yo Unplugged Rap. I remember that. And yeah. they took artists. It was uh, Tribe Called Quest, LL Cool J, MC Light, and they let them do MTV Unplugged. Yeah. And I it was love- like, nobody did that. Yeah. Um, I read something about when LL Cool J recorded his episode. He never played with a band before. And he rehearsed a few times, and they said within by the second rehearsal, he was directing the band of what he wanted to sound, what it to sound like. So he really took it like like a duck to water, as they say. You know, just think about it, like how how different that is, man. Like MTV was all about putting people on boxes, right? Because you had 120 minutes, and you yeah. had Yo MTV raps, and here they're like they're crossing the boundaries. I don't think they could have done it with many rap groups. I mean, you just you know. Uh, like MC Light was awesome. I thought she was a great rapper. What year was you this? Know, Tribe at obviously, you know. But LL he he brought he did it with that mom and said knocked you out. 
Yeah, that was a big success for him. Yeah. This was 1991, man. So there's yeah. like, like, there's this is no, like, like brand new. Kind there, of. The, the concept of the crossover yeah. is not like, right? The the Judgment Nine soundtrack's not out yeah. yet. You know, all that that shit that that crossed over. It's like you you had, I guess you had you had Run DMC and Aerosmith. Like mm-hmm. that's it, man. Like yeah. nobody was doing this. But I think it's, it branches out more than that. You know, I think that these artists really wanted to express themselves in a different way than what they were what they usually did in a studio. Sure. You know, like we're capable of so much more. And you had, you had cultural barriers that you're crossing, right? You got the, you got the, you know, like us, the alternative guys that, you know, we, I listened to a little bit of hip hop when I was in high school, but it was like, when I saw this stuff, I was like, all right, man, I dig it. It's, it's, yeah. it's they, different. They, they had something to prove that we can hang. We're, we're artists, we're right. musicians. We're not just rappers or whatever you want to say. Yeah. Instead of having, you know, turntables and everything like that, they brought groups in like the roots played on Jay Z's unplugged. Yeah. Like that was an unbelievable. Yeah. Thing. And he's another one. We, like, we can talk about him too. Um, why don't we play a little bit of like, uh, and this was never released as an album. Like this, this, the, 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 cool J. Yeah. yeah. It was like, so, um, how about I'll play the acoustic version of Mama Said Knock You Out? Mm-hmm. But at some point, like, he takes his shirt off and he's wearing his, yeah, he got into it. Stupid hat. But that's like, his thing. And it's under pits or like, yeah, his deodorant. 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 He, said, he said they still break his stones sure. about it. He's like, at least I didn't stink. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, dude, here's, here's 30 seconds of uh, Mama Said Knock You Out. Yeah, dude, that's a that's a great version of that song. One of my favorite parts that I always remembered when I was a kid, um, they break in the hard to handle. From the the, the Black Crows well, and the, yeah, the, the Black Crows cover. Otis Redding. And, it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, he breaks into it right towards the middle of it. He's like, All right, break down. All right, hang on. We got we had to play some of that. I know we, we try to only play thirty seconds or something, but it's it, we're breaking it up so we're not gonna get sued. Hang on. It's a different song. That's really fucking yeah. cool. I, I made you remember that. I don't, I don't know. I that. just remember awesome, cool things that happen musically. And it's just like it's great. Like it, it's not off the cuff; it's rehearsed. But like no. from them bringing that in there, like yeah. it's great. I think that's one of the things that he orchestrated the, the band to do. It's like, oh, you'd be hot if we broke in the hard hand by Otis writing. Yeah, I I need to. So I need to do some research before we do the next episode and circle back. Like, who are those musicians playing? Because yeah. I'm like, they got their shirts off. It's a bunch of white guys with long hair. And they're they're probably studio musicians. They might, yeah, they're they probably might be. you know they're probably studio musicians. Yeah, but it's like it's a, it's a vibe too. It's like yeah. you know like it, it. The one guy looks like Anthony Kiedis from the Chili Peppers. It, the it had the Chili Peppers kind of vibe to it. But it then, totally like did. we were talking about that during when we was playing, and but that's what was going on at that time. Sure, like, that was like popular 
rock. You know, and this is not a rock thing, but it's musical instruments in it. So it's before Judgment Night. It's before new metals before Limp Bizkit is before anything. Right. You know, it was, it was awesome. Now, do we change our mind about LL being the rock and roll fan after this performance? Um, I, I, I don't know what you guys are talking about, but me, I said, <laughs> you, yes, I, we, I said yes. And you guys said no. Well, I, I, didn't, put so, my, I didn't put him on my list. Think, Mr. Owens uh, for the record. Yes. He should be in the rock. Yes. And roll. Now, he's so awesome. They gave him his own award. Yeah. But at the same time, I remember doing that episode and you just ripped through all the songs. He does this song, that song that I'm like, okay, he, maybe you are on the something he here is the shit. But the band, even get, the warden says it. Yep. But you know who got like Tribe Called Quest yeah. is on this yeah. too. They are fucking awesome. Yeah, they're just a great band. So, they, so they're they're still an awesome band. Yeah. So yeah, this episode Q-tips. was one. It was called Yo MTV Unplugged. Unplugged. So it was one episode. So yeah. there was a bunch of acts. It was MC Light, who is awesome. She's always been awesome. And Tribe Called Quest. And, right. And. Uh, so LL, LL didn't get so LL didn't get his own show. No, so Tribe because he was out, a they, hu- he was a huge star at this point. Right. That was a humongous that tune. Was a tribe, huge tribe comes out and does like "Can You Kick It?" That, I remember and with, that. The, with the whole audience going crazy. Can you kick it, yeah. And, I was like, and they're still great because I was trying to as I was trying to find this on YouTube to look for it. I found like the first thing that came up was like Tribe on SNL like very recently. Mm. And I was like, oh, I did see it. They're I, still I, great. Yeah, I watched Tribe on SNL. Yeah, their last, I watched, their yeah, last, I remember that. That last yeah. album that yeah. they put out right after the uh, the guy, the, the one guy, the one guy died. Away. I was like, it's a fucking great album. I still yeah. listen to it. Yeah, I, you know, as I'm sitting here thinking, I kind of wish that the Beastie Boys did an Unplugged. I wonder if they could have pulled it off. That would have been fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they probably didn't want to do. I'm sure they approached everybody. Yeah, and they, the money wasn't right. But they were huge at right. that point. I guess uh, Check Your Head was cu- kind of out at that time. They were huge, you know. Yeah, I mean, I wish it would have happened. It there was been a lot something of, to talk about. A lot of other bands could have totally took advantage of the unplugged. And there was a couple other hip hop artists who did, uh, like Lil Wayne did MTV Unplugged, really? and it wasn't I, I, like I, Lil so Wayne's okay. I listened to a little bit of it. It wasn't. He's more interesting than his music. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't unplugged. It yeah. was. It was like. Under the auspices of Unplugged, and then, but the other one that was really interesting, dude, was Jay Z. Yes, sure. So Jay Z performed with the Roots. Yeah, and I like. As I've gotten older, my respect for Jay Z as an artist Absolutely. has been like, dude, he's it's great. Of all he's time. insanely rich. Yeah, but he's also like he had no prop. Like he does this show and he gets out and he's like, "Welcome to coming to the Jay Z Poetry Hour" yeah. or something like something like that. And then he just breaks right into like. He's insanely talented. He's yeah. insanely talented, man. Everything he does is like not perfect, but like it's very good. I don't know too much about hip hop. I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I know about hip hop. I can like name some things and be white bread. But you know, Jay Z is probably one of the best there ever was. Here, here's you know, here, here's a little bit of the the Izzo. I got the most incredible roots band with me tonight, y'all. It's a beautiful thing. Welcome, everybody, to the eighth wonder of the world. The flow of the century. Oh, it's timeless. Oh! We don't thank everybody for coming out. You could have been anywhere in the world. You're here with me. 
I appreciate that. Let's rock. So he, he, dude, he made acoustic version of that song. Yeah, that and is it's a just totally real, different really vibe, cool. different everything. That that's that yeah. version of that. Song. He didn't just say like I'm just gonna do a a, a song with a band. He yeah. just re- like the girl singing in the background and yeah, the or- the church so. organ and automatic- really cool. And automatically he gives the roots props. Like this is my band, the Roots. Yeah. Who's playing with me tonight? You know, not my band, but this is the yeah. Roots. You know, and I who else him. could you get? Who's bigger than the Roots? Like in that genre of music, I love in just every recording he does of that song. He's like, you could have been anywhere tonight, but you. That's with me. I appreciate me. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just I. Yeah. Like a Vegas act. Really, yeah. really enjoyed listening to that. And I remember when that came out, it was like Jay Z's doing MTV Unplugged. Yeah, but he really tried to do it. An, an unplugged. He did a great job. Yeah, he's yeah. awesome. Like, he's know, great. He had the Roots. Which was go, a great. I have to go back and yeah. revisit this because I remember we were listening. I'm like, man, I think I bought this when it came out because it was such a big thing. I got to go back and revisit it because I'm. It sounds great. Yeah, really just with talented. All the, like the flute in it, and yeah. You know. So I just want to tear through a couple other like odd or some genres that that crossed over, and we can dive into the other thing we've been talking for an hour and fifty minutes. But um, so then when hip hop became big, they had an R and B unplugged. And that was Boys the Men, and it was Shanice and Joe Public, and there's been some other artists that did other um, some some crossover R and B artists like Maxwell. I'm gonna talk about it a little bit later. He's Eric, awesome. A little, Maxwell. yeah. I got I have a, I have a clip of him. Yeah. doing a song later, which is great. Erica Badu, she's she's really she's talented. Great. She's too. great. Yeah. Uh, Babyface again, yeah, really talented. talented. And then Lauren Hill, we'll talk about her a little yeah, bit later great. too. She's her unplugged. Yeah, album it was amazing. Is, uh, is weird. Um. And then there were some Latin artists. You know, there's a handful of Latin artists I'd never even heard of. The two big ones we talked about, Shakira and Ricky Martin, they both went platinum. And what I thought was weird, it was like MTV never had a country artist do an unplugged album until huh. like 2021. Willie he, didn't do one? No. Wow. They, like, and you would think they would, you know, I know it's a different music genre. You, you think, think they would have thrown somebody. You think they would have got Johnny Cash after the same thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. They, there, was a, there was a VH1 storyteller with oh, Johnny Cash right. yeah. and Willie Nelson, yeah. which was yeah. really cool. Yeah, was but they had Dier- Dierks Bentley, which I know and you guys probably don't, mm-hmm. but it was like, was on season 19, was the first time they finally had that. And then there's also, some odd shit that MTV Unplugged did. So I, there's two examples of that. The first one is spoken word. They jumped a shark, dude. So they had three episodes where they had poets come and read all their stuff. And, yeah, but who was the poets? And, and I was, Yeah, I can imagine who so it is. I knew most of the poets, but mm. I have an English degree, and that was uh, my bag back then. The one person that you would have heard of was Henry, Henry Rollins. Rollins. Oh, Henry man. Rollins read a poem called Ode to MTV Unplugged. <laughs> wow. And I sent this to a couple of my buddies from college who were also huge Henry Rollins fans. They're like, I don't remember this at all. I guess we could play 30 seconds of it without getting sued. I, so, can you get sued from it, though? It's just a, I po- don't know. It's a poem. Wow, loud. I wrote this on the way down here to this, uh, to this Sony studio. <laughs> and uh, it has to be... Done in this voice. <laughs> oh, MTV unplugged. I hope you keep our minds well bugged. Sometimes while watching the Big M, I become so bored. Viewing videos from the horde. Bare-chested men who wax poetic. Saying things that sound prophetic. It all makes me... I- I just <laughs> wearing the whole thing. He's in the Henry Rollins outfit, the all sure, black, yeah. and he's got all the he's tattoos. Amazing. He's 
Yeah, I love he's his, one I of love my heroes. Voice. He's can... using this robot voice, Dude. like because everything's cookie cutter. It's MTV, so it's MTV. You know, I never yeah. heard it before. I, I think he did. Send I don't it remember to that yeah. at all. And then the other weird one was somehow fucking Dennis Leary got an MTV unplugged. Well, I kind of remember, remember this. Remember Dennis? At least he was had the asshole, asshole era. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he he sings the song "Asshole." He's a huge deal. He's he tries to cover thing. Zeppelin. Ooh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yes. I wish I I could say the look that I have on my face. <laughs> If, if I there was a word or something, the word is like, get the fuck out of here. Here you go. Here. He starts asking the crowd, like, what do you want to hear? And somebody goes, Zeppelin, here. Anyway, I get it. He's a comedian. I, he's awesome. I get it. It's he great. Was, yeah. He was like the guy on yeah. MTV. He did all his commercials yeah. and everything, but it was like, who the fuck gave him an MTV Unplugged special? Just he did a whole show I mean, by himself. I could see him. He doing had a band. It. He had a whole band. Ugh. I could see him that doing like five band. minutes, like maybe like ten minutes, right? With, with some kind of right. Play the asshole song right. and move yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But I get what he's doing. He's, he's a comedian. Like you know, it's it's it it's was annoying. funny. It was it, annoying. No, he's in. He is annoying. All right. But he's an asshole. So that's H. the weird that's the weird stuff that we went through all these other shows and we pulled together some kind of like stuff that we thought was cool. So I'm gonna start kind of moving through it. We can spend as much time as we want. Okay. Um the first one that I was Aerosmith, and these are in alphabetical order, okay. not chronological order. Aerosmith was on the first season of the yeah, show. They were awesome. I they were do great. not remember yeah. this yeah, at I all. Remember it. Yeah. I remember them doing it because they did train kept a rolling and, on there, and it was like the first time I ever heard it. And you sent, you told me like this is one of the artists to look at, and I looked at their set list, and they covered "Smokestack Lightning" by yeah. Helen Wolf. Nice. And it's probably the first time we ever heard that song. And we've talked extensively about Helen Wolf. Yes. We might have talked about Helen Wolf more than any other artist on this show. So I thought maybe we'll play a little bit of that. So here's thirty seconds of "Smokestack Lightning." They're awesome blues yeah, band. I that's it's classic Steven Tyler. That does not sound no, like the no, Hell Wolf I mean. song it's at classic, all to me. No, that's an Aerosmith no. song. It's classic Steven Tyler. It's, it's Boston, doing what he's doing. Yeah, it's Boston blues. He's doing what he does. It's good. It's different, but it's good. I I, I really liked it. Yeah, I yeah. was like I said, it, it doesn't sound like the Hell and Wolf song. I had to listen yeah. to it like twice and be uh-huh. like, is that really the Hell and Wolf song? Because that like. Woohoo! Like that's Helen yeah. Wolf's like the best part of the song. But I always give Steven Tyler credit. He always does his own thing, and it sounds great. Like you know, like he has his own way approaching like uh, tunes. You know, I, I loved it. I I, yeah. up, I watched the whole the whole thing on YouTube, and I was like, yeah. dude, it just it was awesome. Yeah, it was great. the whole the whole. I just I remember the whole performance, like everything about it. I was like, how the hell? Why didn't they ever release that? Never. Yeah, it was just great. Yeah, it's they unreal. should. 
Hopefully they will one day. Because right. they do like Janie's Got a Gun on there. They they do a whole they do a bunch of songs. Yeah, they're 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 bluesy best. Yeah. Um I right, just keep keep on rolling. Uh and an artist I thought was really weird that was on MTV Unplugged was Aha. But Aha was really? on in twenty seventeen. Wow. Wow. And right. And yeah, like, what country was that? Yeah, like was it Germany or something? It some was America. Shit? And I'm like and I'm I'm I think we talked about them before. I'm, I had a couple Aha albums. I know a little bit more they about have, their catalog. one album? Yeah. I knew a little bit more about their catalog than anybody else, but they covered that the song. And I thought it was a really cool version. So I'm like, let me just play 15 seconds of it. We just move on. I'll be coming for your love, okay, and take on. Interesting, Dude, like, it's beautiful. Yeah, and that, good. that version that on YouTube has 67 million views. Fucking well, right, well, like, this should. It's probably gonna reamp that song again, right? I was like, I like yeah. that more than a fucking Weezer cover of it. Absolutely. I just I thought it was really cool. I've never heard that before. That's amazing. Yeah, it's like I read about that when I was doing my research for this show. I didn't know how awesome it was, though. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, I said uh, we talked about that in the MTV episode about how that song is like Humongous. the pinnacle yeah. of, yeah, of just really cool that they swung back around 30 years later and they did this really cool super 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 slow version of it great um, songs never die dude yeah That's dude true. um tori amos we talked about her a little bit we we as we were sharing our notes we were like she covered uh smells like teen spirit and it turns out that she covered that for something completely different it was like and yeah. it wasn't for it was like the b-side for it was just like it was like um like the afternoon special of MTV at the moment. Yeah. It was and, something else that she did. She did cover on her MTV Unplugged. She covered I'm on Fire by Springsteen. Yeah. Which was, did she? Yeah. Yeah. So I got, I got 10 seconds of that. Hey, little girl, you did did it go? Maybe you were You know who likes Tori Amos? Rob? No. <laughs> well, yeah. For the record, no. No, like um, Kate Bush yeah. loving motherfuckers. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I, what do you what do you think of Tori Amos? I did. I well, before I I I'm not a fan, but I read about this show. So she started recording the show, and with two songs in, she left the stage. She went behind the stage, and so something's not right. So when they recorded the show, they had the lights on on the crowd. So they had the crowd's reaction or anything like that, and it was really freaking out because she doesn't tour like that. So they moved all the lights down, focused down on her, and then she was comfortable enough to proceed in the show. Because she's a fucking lunatic. She's a lunatic. But I, I, I'm not a fan. I was kind of force fed her in the '90s. She sucks. You know, I, she does. Like Rob, the warden is shaking his head. Uh, absolutely no, I can't stand her. I never liked her. So you regret the tattoo in your ass you yeah. have, Tori Amos. Like, I told you that she's very talented. She definitely has something different going for Some her. Of like, All the emo kids maybe does have something happy to look at besides something like The Cure. I, at least her songs are a little uplifting, a little bit. Oh, that's a great connecting the dot from The Cure to her is a great point. Like I. Cornflake Girl was cool. She had a couple. Then she got really weird on like the uh, 
Boys or Pele album, which he was like, you know, the fairies need to be thrown in the volcano. And- yeah, she's out there. Like, I give her all the props in the world. It's just not my thing. She's very talented. I, you can't take that away from yeah. her. Yeah. And, but I understand how people do like her. It's just not my thing. I, I dated a girl in college who was like really, really into her. Had all like the obscure, like the yeah. the bootleg shit that she did before. Her fans are dedicated. My friend Emil, he's hugely dedicated to her. Is she her still music. making music? Is she still? I'm sure she's she always is. touring. Yeah, she's, she's always, always she's, doing weird she, shit. I'm going to look pure, up her. She's a pure artist, man. Like, I'm sure she is. I'm she's sure she hasn't been back since the pandemic, but, yeah. You know. I'm she, looking up she her. Canadian. Di- is she Canadian? No, she's, she's American. An alien. She's almost 60 now. Holy shit. Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, we're, you know. Yeah, we're 45. <laughs> I think I'm the youngest one in this yeah. room right now. Right. Uh, she has come out. Wow. She came out with, I don't know. When do you want to draw a line? Uh, she came out with two albums in 2009, 2011, 2012, 2014, 2017, and 2021. So she's still, yeah, she's still, she's still churning she's out music. Thing, she's just yeah. not doing her thing. Her so. fans are like cult. Yeah, they're diehards. like a cult following. Yeah. So, Good for her, though. Um, so, all right, man. Let's talk about Fiona Apple. So this yeah. was, Ryan, this was let's on your list. To. Let's talk about another one. Another, like... Crazy lunatic yeah. person. I, lo- I love Fiona Apple. I love her. Really talented. Extraordinary Machine. No, Extraordinary well, Machine is an amazing album. She is amazing. I've seen her live, and she's a fantastic. She should be like in a dive bar in a sure, corner. That's her whole thing. Blues. That's her whole thing. That's yeah. where she's going. Go, going after her new album. She's kind of kind of falling into a cliche of herself. But um, if you never listen to tour, I'm sorry. If you ever listen to her. She got a bad rap of being like she's a wacko. Looney Tunes. She's a yeah. wacko. That's crazy, dude. But Extraordinary Machine is a fantastic album. But she covered on her MTV Unplugged. She covered Hendrix. Oh, really? Yeah. That's weird. So Let's hear she it. covered she covered Angel by Hendrix, nice. and she flat out says like, "If you like Hendrix, you may hate me." Yeah. So here, here's thirty seconds of it. So, Rob, you were just shaking your head the whole time that was playing. I, I, it's funny. I was going to say, like, Tori Amos, who we were talking about before, kind of reminds me of, like, a Fiona Apple. With I, I just don't get that whole, like, vibe. But, like, I think of, like, her song, uh, was a Criminal? That came, and I, I'm just like, I'm watching the, have you ever seen the music video? It's yeah, like, it's like child porn. Yeah, 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 right. That was the whole thing. The right, video I, ruined her. Yeah. 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 The only thing I kept th- thinking when I see that video is, like, Honey, you need to eat a sandwich or something yeah. like you. But, that, but that, that's a great point, dude. dude. Like she got consumed by MTV trying to make her a sex symbol. You know, she's got that weird. Like she's really thin, and she's got that. I don't think she's attractive at all. I don't, I don't either. Know. But yeah. but they tried to sell that like waifish underage kind of like yeah. that video was yeah. like it was like a was, Levi's ad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's what they, that was the big thing. You're absolutely you're a thousand times correct. That, but that, I think she is attractive because her voice is amazing. That, yeah, but that video was like exploitive almost. She had like mm-hmm. feet in her face, and yeah. she's in her underwear. But yeah. yeah, dude, her voice is like. Powerful and sexy, and has nothing to do with like her physicality. No, it was, like, but she's a mess. Can she's I say? Tr- 
that I fucking love that version of Angel. Yeah. And you never heard it, right? I just never heard play it. that. I don't, you even, were like, I don't even like her, but man, what a great fucking version of that was. She can fucking sing, man. But you're, talk, yeah. but you're talking about like Tori Amos, hardcore. Like her fans are diehard. Like go, uh, don't, you're not going to no, go I'm see not her. Going. I'm not but gonna listen to her. But what a great, show. great show. <laughs> what a great show. All right. Let me keep on rolling. So, um, Phil Collins. So, and I love this. Go ahead. I, I, so Phil Collins did MTV Unplugged in 1994, but it was only ever released in Europe because nobody gave a shit about yeah. it in the United what, States. What, what was on it? I, who cares? Yeah, oh, just, <laughs> that was what was on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know. I didn't even. I didn't even look. I bet it up. all those songs from Tarzan he did was on that. <laughs> on that uh, shit. It was fucking terrible. Um, so the Eagles. So uh, Joe Walsh plays. On their show, plays, and we, he's on here later. And uh, he plays Desperado. Don Henley goes batshit. Yeah, he goes crazy. And because he's like, he's real, Don Henley's an asshole. Sure. Right? And um, so when the Eagles finally get back together and they do the Hell Freezes Over tour, that was a big deal. They hired the guys who did MTV Unplugged to produce it. So it wasn't technically an MTV Unplugged episode. It was the Hell Freezes Over thing. But yeah, it, it was, was only on MTV, though. Right, yeah. but it was it was produced by the same people. Wait, you're telling me to... Like, I remember, like, when the Hell Freezes Over tour, they, yeah, they did, like, a live, like, kind of stage the thing. That was an MTV Unplugged episode? It wasn't an MTV Unplugged episode, but it was the same produce... The crew, they hired, like, the producers to do it. Okay. So it was like it doesn't it doesn't count in the when I rattled off those episodes that yeah. went platinum it yeah. doesn't count but it's the same people. it was like its own special it yeah. was like its own MTV special basically and that was I mean dude again man like I don't want to get into it too much because it's not like an MTV thing that was a I mean that was, that huge. was huge man was that huge. was when like, they got back together yeah. Yeah. yeah that was huge right I mean the joke was they said when hell freezes over yeah. right they, they say technically they, we never broke up right they said. I mean that was like. The page and plant thing, yeah, getting back together. But like uh, Joe Walsh did do Unplugged by himself. He did, yeah. And uh, it was called Joe Walsh and Friends. So Joe Walsh was kind of in our space at that point. So he showed up with a friend that played bass, and they were like, "Yeah, well, didn't you bring any of your like musician friends, like your celebrity friends?" He's like, "No." So they scramble when a producer scramble and down. A couple down studios the down the street. Doctor John was playing, so he ran in. and He's like, "Hey, we're recording Joe Walsh. Uh, he needs friends." And that, so, right. but top, so Doctor John and came down was, and then played the gig with him. And that was, was his good, friend. That was great, Joe Walsh. Like alcoholic, super drunk. It's my Joe favorite Walsh. Joe Walsh. So it's my I, favorite Joe Walsh. I, I have some. You want to yeah, play? Yeah. Play a little bit of yeah. it. Um, and the, the video is like he's wearing his lime green shirt. He's got the enormous the push broom mustache. Here's a little bit of like life's been good. I, I'm not an Eagles fan, but I love me some Joe Walsh. I love, I love Joe Walsh. I like the Eagles. I like the Eagles more than you guys do. Joe Walsh is awesome. Um, one thing too, it's like 
just a, as as we were playing this, I was like, man, the hiss in yeah. the headphones because somebody put that on YouTube off of recording yeah, the VH1. Not, it's not made for like a. A, a listenable like mp3 or something right it was, how many times like all these clips we've been playing off youtube we've been moving the volume up and down yeah, you're like holy god to, it's like blowing you up and trying to catch it yeah the quality's just yeah. not there we're but, trying uh, folks it's all we can do man bruce is trying everybody it's all i can do so all right so that's joe walsh we moved out of order a little bit but that's cool that joe walsh and eagles go together lauren hill man so i had lauren hill on here and i don't want to dive too into it but this album, this unplugged album, is a fucking dumpster fire. Is, is there something like a? Yeah. So, so let me set the stage real quick. So it was three years after her solo album. That solo album was was enormous, right? Yeah. It was like that is a cornerstone of hip hop music. It was three years after the record label was like salivating of like, dude, you got to give us something, and she hasn't done anything since then. Um. She decided she wanted to do the MTV Unplugged. She said she had just started learning how to play guitar. So they put her up there. She doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. Said she plays three chord. I So an anonymous person in the record industry said he wanted to throw himself out of a window when he heard it because it was so <laughs> terrible. And they said that, but they had to put it out because they needed new music from her. Oh, but God. so the album is like whatever is it like 15 songs there's seven interludes of her talking there's an intro and an outro so i'll play 30 seconds of a song but as she plays this she flat out just goes i don't have a name for this song yet if y'all got an idea just yell it out and i'll name the song this is like just how like thrown together shitty this is how unprepared yeah and and whatever the interview i was reading from the record industry guy who said he was going to jump out a window he was like if this wasn't lauren hill we would never, ever, ever release yeah. this. But it was like we needed something from her. So here's – I probably wouldn't even get to the song, but here's her just talking. They don't even really have titles yet, you know. So if you have any suggestions, just, uh, you know, raise your hand. Cause, so I just call – I call them like a line in the song. You know, this one um, we refer to as Adam Lives in Theory. And when I refer to Adam, I'm, I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know. But, uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that. So she's, I mean, she struggled with mental illness and bipolar disorder over her career. So that's her, that's her excuse. Well, you know, it's who hired her. I wonder if whoever got her to do the show got fired from MTV. It's, 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 it's almost, it's, it feels exploitive. Yeah, like absolutely. listening to it is yeah. like, like you she know. should just get back with the Fugees if she wants to be. I, know, I was always amazed by we that they never that. did that. The Fugees are reuniting. Are oh, they? That's, in our, awesome. that's, in our, that's in our. Stay tuned for our music news episode. Nice. So nice. All right, I'm gonna keep rolling because I. I don't think very highly of Lauren Hill. Yeah. And we've been talking for two hours and 15 minutes. So, Hole. God. Hole. So, Hole did MTV Unplugged. Well, I don't remember that at all. Well, okay. He is Courtney. Well, then, so you, you might enjoy this. So, they did MTV Unplugged 1995. Kurt Cobain had been dead for less than a year. She's fucking piece of shit. They yep. did the song, You Know You're Right. Remember the song that came yeah. out posthumously from Nirvana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did it. Years and years and years. They did it on Before. MTV Unplugged, but they call, she called it a song called You've Got No Right. 
So let me play a little bit of it. Because I thought this was pretty interesting. That is interesting. She knew about the song, and she... What a clown! Gosh. So you guys don't, re- none, dude. None I am in utter shock. None of the three of you remember that, dude. I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm I, like, I can't believe this. I so, fucking love that Nirvana song. That's so that's yeah, yeah. That's seven years before God, the Nirvana she, album. She is an asshole. She is yeah. lower than low. She has no fucking She's a soul. Scumbag. She has no personality. She has no talent. She dude, just proved she is it. A fucking. She asshole. took a great song that she knew about. And she fucking exploited it. I feel like my job tonight is done because oh, I, I uncovered uh, that. Yep. I nice. am fucking disgusted. But, that, All right. but dude, we are like we are music <laughs> nerd, right? We yeah. study this shit. We listened to it. We lived it, and none of us remembered that. I don't, I don't remember, remember that. I don't. I don't remember watching Holy. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, she was she was probably one of the most hated people in music she at still the time. Is. And she still, she still is. is. Yeah. But I remember like, dude, we were working on Sam Goody, and I remember in every in every page. For one episode, like the magazine they handed out, this they had a picture of her with the little Everybody the, the circle her. with the line through it, like mm-hmm. just how much they hated her. Oh like, yeah, I didn't think it was possible for me to hate her anymore. Yeah, oh, she's shit. a waste. A what a shit. waste, man! I don't believe, like. I can't believe that. I didn't either. I don't remember it either. And I was like, "Holy shit, really, man? That was that that." And Dave Grohl just sitting back, going, "What the fuck?" Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Every right. I was like, I had, like, my only two things a whole were like. She sucks, yep. yeah. and Melissa Off the Mar was hot. She was That was the only. She was hot. All right. Who? The yeah. bass player. She was. She's a redhead. Off the yeah. She went off to go play for uh, Smashing, Smashing Pumpkins. Pumpkins. Yeah. So, um, all right, man. I'm gonna keep moving. We got a, a handful of artists. Corn. Yes. Corn was one. Was one corn doing on MTV Unplugged was bizarre. It is bizarre, but it worked what they did. It worked. They, and they also had two different musicians perform with them. One was Amy Lee from Evan Essence. Mm-hmm. She okay. can fucking sing. Yes, she can. She can really and the other one was Robert Smith from The Cure. Yes. Wow. Really? Yeah, which, it, it is wow. pretty fucking awesome. Which I don't remember that at all and Ryan put something on the playlist. Let me play a little bit of Robert Smith from The Cure with Corn. There's so much around me, such a lack of passion. I thought it would be fun and games. Fun and games. Instead, it's all the same. It's all the same. I want something to do. Need to feel the sickness in you. I feel the breeze in as it's I love it. It's just bizarre. That's got it, awful. It, I, I don't know. I, I love very whole. I, I <laughs> love <laughs> John Davis. I think his voice is unique. Nobody sounds like him. I I agree with you, but I think that this platform, this show, you they, have to listen to the rest of. of I, guess so. I guess. I guess. I appreciate it. They, there's another uh, thing on there that I put on there. Um, got the life is on the playlist. Yeah the ba- the bass on the. Live out. Let me just play a little bit of it. Oh, 
I love it. That was great. I, I that like, was great. I like that I, because that, that, yeah, that yeah, is like definitely. That's why you I completely that. reinvented this. That almost yeah, made me yeah. think of the um the Allison Chains. Yeah, completely it's, different sure. version. It's a great. It's I was listening to it this week, and it is a great album. Like yeah, even I'm, MTV put it yeah, out. I'm not a album. big. I'm not a big fan of Corn. But it. I was neither, like that, that version never was happened. cool. I never knew they did it. They did it unplugged. I always loved Corn. I saw them on their first tour. And I was like, this band's the shit right here. They definitely made their mark, you know, but I never would imagine that they did an unplugged. It came out well. Like, the bass sound great. That sounded great. I mean, there's so much drama. Yeah, the rheumatic. It was great. It was great. He plays all this, like, all this rotted drum kind of shit going on. I'm going to keep on rolling. I'm going to skip live. I want to talk about it. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to skip about them. You know, know I really like that live episode. I... Okay, all right, I'm going to talk about Live for a second then. So Live was – so they were one of my favorite bands from the 90s, and they did the MTV Unplugged. And, I, Doug, I had the experience that you did where I remember, like, when it was going to be on TV, mm-hmm. I blocked out my calendar. Mm-hmm. I made – like, my girlfriend came over. We sat in the living room. We put it on TV, and it was like I bought the T-shirt that the dude was wearing. They yeah, had the candles going on. Yeah. And I just, I remember everything. I remember going to like different stores to find the bootleg of it and paying like 40 bucks for the bootleg CD of it in the store. Wow. You when you couldn't great, download it shit. It was a great version of that all over you. That was a great version of that phone unplugged. I, That's the one that sticks out in my head. I had, I had, well, like, I had a little bit of Beauty of Grey. Play it. But. This is Bruce's band, so you play. All right, all right. I'll cut it there just in the interest of time. But I was like, yeah, after Springsteen, I've seen them the most. I've seen them almost 20 times. No, they're great concert. live. I, you and I went yeah. the one time, a couple times. They're and saw awesome. Them. Um, I remember when that came out. They were at the height of their career when they did the Unplugged. Yeah, and they kind of flamed out after that. But sure. it was just a really yeah. big deal. So um, it was like, like Throne Copper then. That, yeah, like Throne Copper was, was one of my favorite albums. Album. So, yeah. All right. So the, great record. The next artist that I had on my – I don't know if you guys know this. So this is Maxwell's Unplugged. Yeah, so he's really talented. There's two covers on his album one is a kate bush song which we're not going to talk about <laughs> and the other one is he covered closer by m by nine inch nails nice. you guys know this no. i've never heard it now all right i'm gonna nice. play this this is a fucking amazing cover right. he made a soul song out of you know and close yeah, i yeah. want to fuck you yeah. like yeah listen yeah. to this His audience has no idea. That's a nine inch nail song. There's no way. That is a. I guess so. That's a Marvin. That's a Marvin Gaye song. There's people like, oh man, with this great song, is this new? No, no. I love it. It's weird. I start laughing at a couple parts. 
Whatever. Yeah, other than it went over the head of everybody in the everybody audience. Knew, that's, that's why I'm laughing. Great. I'm like, oh, they don't even know. Like, I want to love you like an animal. I want to flush the toilet. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, I'm going to keep on rolling. So I I have no clip here. Midnight Oil. They're, dude, they're did, a great band. They did MTV Unplugged. And at the end, when the camera stopped rolling, like it was on the video, they did a cover of We Gotta Get Out of Here by The Animals. Nice. Which I was like, that would probably be pretty cool. I couldn't find it anywhere. I looked everywhere. I went on like torrent sites and YouTube. I couldn't yeah. find it. But Oil, what a great band. I've always liked them since day one. Like when, cool. I was, when, like when I was a young kid. And, yeah, because yeah. they, they were different. You know? They had a great sound. They did. Is that the band that does uh, beds are yeah, yeah. beds are burning? He's yeah. like in, he was like in Parliament or something. Yeah. He got yeah. like he became elected official. Yeah, and, he was the smart dude. Yeah. Um, all right. So if, if somebody out there listening finds it or has it, I dude, I there's not much on the internet I can't find between uh, fish concerts or pornography. Yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> it, it eluded me. So um, you know, if you have it, send it to me. I'd love it. The next artist is Oasis. Yes, this what is a, funny. This, this is, is interesting. Really, Oasis, nineteen ninety six. Right, they're they're kind of at the top of their uh-huh. top of their game. They're really popular. Liam Gallagher, who's the singer for Oasis, does not sing in the show. No. So the story that I heard was during the rehe- they start doing rehearsals. Liam shows up and he says like his throat hurts, and then a couple the next day he shows up and he's wearing the same outfit. But he shows up a little later and he's like, he sings a little bit and he's like, uh, he walks out and tells his brother, Noel, Noel wrote all the lyrics. He's like, you sing it. And then two days later, Liam showed up again wearing the same outfit. And Pete, the producers are starting to realize, like, you kind of smell like alcohol. Yeah, shit faced. And you haven't shaved. And what the fuck? So they said, and then an hour, so they get ready to do the show. They, they all show up and Liam isn't there. And an hour before the show starts, Liam rolls up and he's like, my throat hurts. I can't sing. But they're like, you're shit face wasted. He's fucking three sheets of the wind. Can't do it. So they send Noel out. To, to do the, the show, parts, yeah. which is kind of cool. Like, hey, because he wrote okay. all the songs, dude. Right. So he yeah. wrote it. So he gets his. And then as they're doing the show, at some point, Noel goes, like, Hey, man, shut up. Because his yeah. brother is in the audience hacking yeah. drinking Shit champagne yeah. and heckling his brother, saying, You suck. Was it Champagne Supernova? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but um, yeah, I remember it being so like typical. Oasis. Oh, sure. And you know what's really funny? I saw them like a week before they did this unplugged. They played the Wells Fargo Center here in Philadelphia. I think it was called the I think it was called the FU Center back then for the First, first Union. Union and actually, they were the first concert in the in the uh, in the FU Center. Yeah, Noel Gallagher did MTV Unplugged again like recently. Did he? Like within the last like ten years? Okay. And he walked out, and I I watched that, and I was like, this is pretty good. I'm like. Wait, this is this isn't the show that I'm I'm thinking of mm. when he when he was getting heckled and yeah, all that yeah. other kind of crap. So um I'm no so the vid I have a YouTube performance of the whole the whole show where it's not broken up into single tracks. Maybe I could try to find Telling him to shut up. I could find <laughs> Wonderwall. Like I I don't know what the You can play any they're all big songs.
Well, like in the beginning of that, because Noel is singing, they changed the key right before they started saying, I think he said B minor. I don't know the key they sing it in, but that's interesting. Yeah, it's probably to fit his voice better. Yeah. But to call it off on the cuff like that, like automatically, like you're doing a live show, like, okay, play it in B minor. Right. And I said, they're a band where like they had a different singer yeah. when they came out. Exactly. Damn DV Unplugged. They're so. a talented band. I always liked them. I, I jumped on board with them automatically. Like, I don't know if it was because of the Beatles thing or whatever, but I love Oasis. I think they're great. I, I put them in the like who's more dysfunctional them or the black crows you know like they are. They who, were, who, they who, are. who's the more brother dysfunctional the black crows oasis or you guys <laughs> <laughs> oasis <laughs> the prisoners are rocking we got better at age <laughs> all right let's keep on rolling dude uh we could have spent a couple of minutes on it pearl jam so uh, doug uh the pearl jam thing was interesting um when they were asked to do uh unplugged they were very new on the music scene they already had like two songs out that were singles alive and even flow but what was really interesting about that is that they record the mariah carey unplugged the same day so the, on the same place like, in the same place like so they had, clear them out they cleared and- everybody out and pearl jam didn't start their set until midnight so all the pearl jam fans had to wait outside and wait for the Mariah Carey fans to go. And so they went in. They recorded this, surprisingly, I found this out today, at Kaufman Astoria Studios. This is where they record Sesame Street. Really? Yeah. What? So I was really, okay. I thought that was really, really interesting. Uh, MTV, they murdered, they they completely destroyed the set. They they originally came on with Oceans, but they started off with like Even Flow, Alive, and then Jeremy. And the whole feel of the show was kind of, like uh messed with because of production but I, this this really like so so I, they recut the the they, order in which yeah, they were recorded yeah, yeah they recut the order the way it was presented on tv and and they like we said they just put this out on spotify and but they put it back in the original playlist i remember it coming out and i remember hearing um, a song you guys didn't even mention, uh, State of Love and Trust. Yeah. And that's the song that made me a Pearl Jam fan right off the bat. I put that on playlist. Can we give that a listen? Yeah, dude. Here's 30 seconds of State of Love and Trust from it, live uh, MTV Unplugged. That was the song on the single soundtrack, right? Yeah, if I was. remember that right. You know what pissed me off was I I ran out and bought ten after I seen that um this unplugged. And that wasn't on the album. Yeah, right. And I was like, where's this fucking song at? And then it was on, on the, the single, single soundtrack. soundtrack. I bought the single soundtrack. I remember going to Tower Records and hearing Wood. Yeah. Yeah. From Alice in Chains. That was a great I remember walking over my dad and just going like what is I need this? Buy yeah. me this right now. But here you go. Here's Pearl Jam playing a song on MTV that's never been heard by by fans. It's never been on an album. It's never is been it, on an album because they only had a few singles out at that point. And you know, they originally opened with Oceans, totally cut. 
but the, my favorite song on here is Porch that they do. It's great. They close the show off with it. The thing that I remember most is Eddie Vedder writing pro-choice on his arm. Yeah. I remember yeah. that and him yeah. trying to start a little mayhem yeah. with his chair. I'd forgotten like, that. Yeah. I, that's what I remember most Yeah, that was it. that was really famous. And I, that was Doran Porch. I feel like the, their, this, their ascension was like the one-two punch was like 10 in this. It was like right like – they were they were on their way up, mm-hmm. and then they did this, and it was like, okay, cool. Here's a whole other way to see the band. Well, they say, they, they say they this show blasted into the atmosphere. Yeah, like it, it was like a rocket ship. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm one of those guys. Yeah, yeah I, was I ran too. out. I ran out and bought it. But it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite unplugs, and I think it was one of the most important ones. Absolutely, but it's something they just released in 2020. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess they, they I, own the rights to it. They, I was so happy they released it. I was like, it's about like, time. Yeah, I think we had bootlegs of it. For yeah, years. I always had bit. I always had bootlegs of it, but to hear it so clear, sure, yeah, is great. Right, like yeah. soundboard soundboard recordings. Yeah. yeah. All right, we we awesome. good. Yeah. We good with that. Yeah, yeah. Right, it was, uh, out of all of these, that that is in the top like but five this, or six. It's like the, the most, most important. iconic. Yeah, important ones. Yeah, is um, that one in the Clapton one in my book? Nirvana. They're the most important. Then the Nirvana, yeah, Nirvana, of course. Yeah. Nirvana. Yeah. I think sure. Nirvana is the most important. Couple of the, I mean, a couple of these are the Page and Plant one, the Kiss yeah. one. Like they're yeah. just yeah. ones they're that are so... like they're pivotal yeah. in yeah. music. Yeah. But and Pearl Jam is definitely in there. And the fact that they're in the second end of the show doesn't mean that we're discounting it. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of people that need to be discounted, REM. Uh, yeah. R- yeah. R- so REM did two. They got two of them? Unplugged. They did one in 91. They did one in 2001. Oh, God. And they played the I, same songs? Playing that in 91, he's got that big stupid hat, yeah, and he he's sucks. saying, he has the lyrics on a piece of paper, and he says, I don't know the words, and he puts it on a stand, and it was like, one of the when I saw them in concert, when it was the worst concert I've ever saw, he had a stand with all the lyrics on it. What a douchebag. He's a and I was like, off. put this shit on a monitor, There's like dude. fans like, that know the word for right. word for word. You so, know, get the fuck all right, out of fuck here. it, let's move on. They so, they did, they, did two, they did two episodes. Um, Springsteen. So Springsteen did MTV Unplugged in 1993, but every one of the songs was plugged in. Yeah, it was called yeah. Plugged. Yeah, he did one yeah. song, Unplugged, called Redheaded Woman, which uh-huh. is about giving oral sex to his wife. Nice. Which is... Uh, go down on Patty. <laughs> <laughs> so the album, when it was put out, it was called MTV Plugged instead it's of MTV Unplugged. Unplugged and they like, yeah. slashed out. Oh, wow. Yeah, so here's... Listen up, stud your life's been wasted till you got down on your knees and tasted. Listen up, stud your life's been wasted till you got down on your knees and tasted a red-headed woman. A red-headed woman. It takes a red-headed woman. Get a dirty job done. That's it. So that's a song he wrote about about going down on his wife. And and she goes out on stage with him and he still sings it. I'm going to have to look that up. I don't remember that one on that album. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. He still plays it. And so, yeah. I like the vibe to it. He said, I mean, the band, the E Street band was all broken up and he didn't like the way it sounded. Does does he do, uh, um, I'm sorry. Does he do um, Light of Day on this? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he does. And they don't really have a recording of him doing that in a studio ever. No. Because no. that was in that Joan Jett movie yeah. and Michael J. Fox. And I've always loved that song. Yeah. 
And it's great to hear him say because he wrote it. That was around the time he was doing Fifty Seven Channels. Yeah, yeah, he was living yeah. in L.A. And yeah, it was like yeah. shitty Springsteen. Yeah, but yeah. You know, or less awesome Springsteen. I was going to say, today, he came a long way. Today is actually Bruce Springsteen's birthday. Too. Happy birthday, Bruce. Bruce. So, we got a cake for you. Yes. Um, all right, we got one artist left, and that is Stone Temple Pilots. Okay. Yeah. Their unplugged album, it or their awesome. unplugged performance, yeah. I, I don't know why this was never released. I think they couldn't get a contract together with them. Yeah. It, it, I remember it was too good not to be released. Because they did Creep, right? That was like the big single on MTV for this, yeah, wasn't it? I think it was a... Cracker, like everything on there was 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 cool. So I I had Cracker Man on here. Yeah, Let yeah. me play thirty seconds of that. That's actually what they open with. That, like we were just playing this and we we're like, man, how was that never released? Yeah, I'm, amazed I mean, by I'm that. sure there was intricacies of the of. music industry and mm-hmm. not anything to do with them. Because also, like, remember, like, I, I think Ryan, you and I, we saw them a couple times. Yeah, and it would always be like during the show they would stop and they would do an acoustic set in the middle and they had this acoustic stage that was like suspended up and it would come down on like cables. That's and amazing. Then they would they would do this really intimate show and it would go back up and it became like a really like. I know. I, I saw them five or six times. I've never seen them. I've this. never seen them. Yeah, I saw them I, several yeah, times. Yeah, I would it. love to see them. And that was a big part of this. And it was like I can't help but think that the MTV show propelled that. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it it like gave them like the idea like wow we're more than just this rock and roll band. Sure, it, like we le- could open up our wings. And, yeah, like you know. it like legitimized them as music. Like that's a yeah yeah. The, Cracker Man's a cool song, but yeah. hearing that I was like that's fucking bitching, dude. Yeah. That's a really cool. But I feel that this show did the same thing for Pearl Jam as they did for Stone Temple Pilots. I feel like it has the same. Completely agree. Maybe it will come out. Like the Pearl Jam one just came out. Maybe this one will come out. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. It was just really cool, man. I was like, and that was a, um, when we were kicking around the ideas and this came up on the list, I was like, oh, dude, I would totally remember that. And I listened to it and I was like, I haven't heard that in 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like still really cool. I kind of nice. remember them playing like some of this stuff on the radio too, like some like on, yeah. on they that Y one hundred and stuff. They, yeah. they also recorded them doing like yeah. some acoustic stuff. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't unplugged. It was like in some other studios. All right, cool. Uh, the only other note I had was Neil Young, and I don't have any clips from Neil Young yeah, other than <laughs> other than he started doing out. the show and he got so frustrated he got up and said fuck it I walked out in front yeah. of an audience he Sounds walked like out the a- front doors yes it was uh was was the studio um at Sullivan Studios and he walked oh, in out New York? he walked out the front door and walked and right down Broadway dude yeah and he said like uh, he wouldn't let them re- release the recording they he did another one two months later yeah um MTV at home so MTV brought back. MTV unplugged during the pandemic. Okay. Let me know if you how many of these artists you know. My over under is two. Wyclef. Yeah, I know. Jean. Mm-hmm. Shaggy. Yeah. Jewel. Okay. Mon- saw, yeah. Monster X. No. I have no idea who that uh, is. Alyssa Cara. No idea. Phineas. Nope. Bozzy. Nope. I know who that is. Melissa Etheridge. Sorry, yeah. so you know, like four. Yeah. Well, the Melissa right. Etheridge one. I'm sorry, the Melissa Etheridge one was a big show. I remember that being pretty. That good. was just recently. 
Was it? So yeah, right. The Melissa Etheridge one was just. It was. Recently. It was like in the last twelve months. Oh yeah, no shit. Yeah, yeah. All these. So okay. Yeah. She had a stories tellers. Yeah, shit. maybe that's why I'm confusing. So, but, yeah. Um. Second thoughts. Oh, is uh, it time, time for second, second thoughts? thoughts? Go ahead. Are we going to say anything? You've been all night about this. So, we got some feedback on our episode on Exile on Main Street. David Gan from Japan. Is he, he from Japan? Yes. Or he oh. just lives there. His name's David, and he's from Japan. He wrote us a very long message, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but here is some of it. Guys, I'm glad you love this album. He's talking about the Exile Main Street. Guys, I'm, I'm glad you love this album. I love it too, but this episode is a laundry list of errors. I almost need to make my own podcast called <laughs> Prisoners of Rock and Roll Errata. Here are just a few of the mistakes you made. And I'm, I'm skipping. Number three. You don't know who did the backing vocal on Gimme Shelter, and you thought she might be one of the female vocalists on Exile on Main Street? Wow. If you knew anything about what happened to her as a result of coming in late one night to do that, she miscarried later that night or the next day, so no. My response. Yes, we know the story of Mary Clayton and how she had a miscarriage shortly after doing the haunting backgrounds on Gimme Shelter in the middle of the night. We told the story on Episode 5, The Rolling Stones versus The Beatles. We didn't know if she continued doing the background work after the Stones. Beyond that, Mary Clayton did perform on Exile and Main Street. She is on the personnel listed on the album. So there you go. Point number uh, point number four that David made. Yes, Angela Davis did buy those weapons. She did not go into a judge's office and, quote, blow him away. Let me set the record straight on this. In 1970, a white corrections officer shot three black prisoners at Soledad Prison during a fight. Shortly after that, three inmates named George Jackson, Felita Drumgo, and George Clutchy murdered a white corrections officer in retaliation. Later that year, George Jackson's 17-year-old brother decided to hold up a courthouse and forced the government to release his brother. He smuggled three weapons that were owned by Angela Davis into the courthouse where James McCann was being tried for stabbing another corrections officer. George Jackson tossed a gun to McLean and freed two other prisoners. The four of them took a judge, the deputy district attorney, and three jurors hostage and demanded that the three guys on trial were released. They taped the business end of a sawed-off shotgun to the judge's neck. The kidnappers forced the hostages into a van in an attempt to flee the area, and they subsequently got in a shootout with police. By the time it was done, the judge and three of the four kidnappers were dead, the deputy DA was paralyzed, and one of the other hostages were shot. Again, those guns were owned by Angela Davis. We didn't get into the nuances because this is a music commentary podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Point number seven, the deal with Richard's wife getting that young girl to do heroin was much later. That is just not true. Here is a quote from Tony Sanchez, a.k.a. Spanish Tony. He was Keith Richard's assistant, and he wrote the book, Up and Down with the Rolling Stones, My Roller Coaster Ride with Keith Richards. And I quote, Our time in France came to an end when Anita tried to persuade the teenage daughter of the chef at Nicolette to accept an injection of heroin. And if you want to be a real asshole about it, Anita Pellenberg had three kids with Keith Richards, but never married him. It wasn't his wife. 
So thus ended his comments. The list goes on and on, but he said he had to get back to work, and he told us to, uh, come on, guys, you could do better. So, David, we, we love you. There were some factual inaccuracies in the things that you pointed out, and hopefully we corrected you. If you want to reach out, we'd be happy to send you some some stickers. Dude, Thank I'm you. just happy that you listened to the show. Two-hour show, you listened yeah, to it. Yeah, man. I appreciate you listening to you know, the whole thing. We love you, man. I, yeah. spent, I spent two hours researching the sure. counterpoints to it. Yeah, his. I don't blame you. If you awesome. ever, David, if you ever want to be our uh, guest, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, the music news: Rolling Stone releases the new list of top 500 songs. Rolling Stone magazine updated his list of the top 500 songs of all time for the first time in 17 years. It has definitely created some controversy. The top 10 songs on the new list. I'm going to go 10 through one. Hey Ya by Outkast. Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Get Your Freak On by Missy Elliott. <laughs> Strawberry Feels Forever, The Beatles. What's Going On, Marvin Gaye. Smells Like Teen Spirit, Nirvana. Like a Rolling Stone, Bob Dylan. A Change Gonna Come, Sam Cooke. Fight the Power, Public Enemy. Respect by Aretha Franklin. Wow. I, like a Rolling Stone was number one last year. Number two last time was... Or like a Rolling Stone was number one last time. Number two was I Can't Get Enough Satisfaction by the Stones. That has fallen all the way to number 31. Wow. I, I, I don't know. I'm speechless. I think that's it's, maybe music is evolving that no, we're not aware maybe of. They're trying to be politically correct. No, yeah. you, when you shared this, we're like, we yeah. could do a whole episode we on could. this list. We could, but it's just, you know, tiptoeing through all this. Yeah, you know, music like, is music. It's like, it's, you like, know, and, it's art. Yeah, but like Ryan said, we're a bunch of old guys, so what but, do we know? So you know? there's 33 songs from 2001 and later. Which means there's 33 songs that dropped off the list. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to those fucking songs? Dude, Missy the, Elliott beat them out. <laughs> the Stone, like, so hey, uh. Satisfaction was number two last time. That's number 31. Now, Gimme Shelter is the top Stone song at 31. They don't dude, know. Dude, Rolling Stone sucks, doing. dude. We, all, we talked about they that. They the don't know what they're, they're talking doing. about. They're, they're clowns. Exactly. Honk, honk. Well, and so they, they interviewed, like, you know, I started going into, like, who they interviewed and all this other, like, I got one more story. Band reunions. The moment you've all been waiting for. ABBA announced they had gotten back together 40 years after they broke up. The Swedish pop band has released two new songs. They have an album coming out in November, and they're performing a series of digital concerts in London featuring digital versions of themselves. Reuters and ABBA previously have turned down a ton of opportunities to reunite, including somebody offered them a billion dollars to go on tour, which I call bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. Did Who you say fuck? digital? They're going to appear digital, so they're going to be cartoons? So like the... Um, it's the, like Tupac. No, like the... Um, <laughs> The body, uh, the body Holly thing that we oh, talked yeah, about. Yeah, I got gotcha. Yeah. So they're they're. It's Who gonna, the hell wants to see that? It's like it's a gonna, hologram. I think it That's might a be. Hologram, yeah. It's it's. I think it's them to a point, and also digital version of them. So I, I went down the rabbit hole and I looked up like, okay, they're doing the shows in London. They're doing it's like two shows a day. And so I, maybe it's not them. Maybe it is like hologrammy kind of stuff. And the tickets were like. Somewhere between forty five and two hundred fifty pounds. People love ABBA, man. People love them. It's crazy to me. The Dancing Queen song's huge. <laughs> so I bet that's on the five hundred best fucking songs. I didn't look. Probably top hundred. I didn't look, but I'll check. That but fucking it, list. And if Swedish shitty pop music isn't your thing, the Fugees have also announced that they're reuniting and will play to celebrate the twenty fifth anniversary of the score. It's about time. Lauren Hill, Wyclef, and Praz are going to play seven shows in the United States as well as gigs in. Paris. 
Paris, London, Nigeria, and Ghana. They played a show yesterday. Did they? And, uh, they played like a pop-up show in, oh, in Brooklyn, for them. New York. I wonder Dude, how I, it was. This is well overdue. Like this that's, need that, that's, a, that's a fantastic album. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. about time. It's time for the electric chair where we kill a song for being terrible. The electric chair is sponsored by our friends at Lunacy Brewing Company, 1500 West Kings Highway in Haddon Heights, New Jersey. You can check them out on social media or at lunacybrewingcompany.com. We have decided, since we have a really special guest this week, the Warden Rob Owens, we've decided we're going to let you be the first person outside of the three of us to send the song to the electric chair. I'm so honored. So we talked about this band earlier. It's one of the first bands that ever appeared on Unplugged, and it was Squeeze. And the only song I ever know that they did was Tempted. Just awful. I, I never even knew the name of this band. But you know the song, right? Yes. Like this is I'm like, in Elevators and Doctors Office. Right, this is a that song. This is... I'm tempted to never come back on the show if I have to listen to this. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, no, we're going to kill it, Rob. That's what we do here. Oh, thank God. I, uh, did, do you know... Did anybody... Can you name a second song by no. Squeeze? No. I, no. This song is like 40 years old, right? This is a really old song. I Like, God. this is... It's eighties, like it's just like the eighties of like office office. Yeah, right. It's like you're going you're going to supermarket, yeah. you're going to you're getting your teeth drilled. This you're, song but, has haunted us all, all of our entire lives. But who it's like, time to kill it. But who, likes, who likes it so much that it's on the radio all Right, the what time. the fuck is it right? Contemporary America. Right. It's like tempted by a fruit of another, like Okay, dude, stop stop your wandering eye and yeah. pay attention to your spouse and <laughs> stop go find Jesus and stop being a piece of shit. Pretty much. Kill it! Kill I don't it. I have I have nothing else to say to it. Let's just kill it. We sentence you to death. Yeah. yeah. That was a great pick, Rob. Good yeah, job, Rob. thank you, sir. Good job. You earned your teeth tonight, sir. Appreciate it. As always, we only play 30-second clips on the show because we like doing this show and don't want to get sued into oblivion. So we put together a playlist to go with every episode. We played a ton of stuff that wasn't released commercially. So for this one, we're going to put together a YouTube playlist as well. Uh, that just shows how much work we put into the show and how much we love every one of you. Even if you email us and tell us all the things that we did wrong, even though we're right. <laughs> If you love us as much as we love you, please consider checking us out on social media, hitting that follow button on your favorite podcast platform, and leaving us a five-star review. If you don't love us, consider starting your own podcast and send us a link, and we'd love to provide our commentary to you. If you have comments, thoughts, or ideas about Prisoners of Rock and Roll, though, you can find us on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're online at prisonersofrockandroll.com, and you can email us at prisonersofrockandroll at gmail.com. And if you happen to be visiting Philadelphia for any reason, please stop by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. Chances are pretty good that you'll find Doug or Ryan on one side of the bar and me or the warden Rob Owens on the other. So that's it. We're going to circle up in two weeks. We're going to figure out what we're going to talk about next, and we'll be back. Rob, thank you so thank much you, for coming on the show, time. man. Was, had a good time, thanks, man. guys, for having me. Yeah, really. it, was, Anytime, it, was, it was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure out what we're going to talk about next, and All we'll right. be back. Later on. Keep on rocking. Peace out.
With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 